Welcome to episode 356 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 356 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How are you going, mate? I'm very good, Bevan. And you? I'm on top of the world. Top of the world. Top of Christchurch, even. Top of Christchurch, actually. Well, kind of not quite on top. Halfway mm. up top. That's right. Halfway up, halfway down. That's right. The, what's that song? Grand old Duke of York. Oh, he yeah, had 10,000 men. He yeah. marched him up to the top of the hill and marched him down again. Can you play that one on your piano? It's pretty basic. I'm sure I can figure it out. Yeah. yeah I'm probably up to that level. Just. Nice. Anyway, I'm Talk is proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. Oh, that's, that's what I'm saying. Nice. Athlinks.com. Um, in social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. Trainingpeaks.com. How you measure yourself. And slstry.com. And how you look. Hey guys, on this week's show, well, we've got a bit of news. Uh, John did a race on the weekend, apparently he had a shocker, yeah. so uh, we're going to hear about that. Uh, we've got Age Group of the Week, website of the week, which is based around the interview with a guy we've got on the show. Yep, Paul Larson's going to talk to us. He's a sports physiologist, professor, Wow, a bit of a brainiac. He looks quite young too. Yeah. Um, so it cracks, well, blows my mind when you get young people who are real brainiacs. And he's also an Ironman athlete, so oh. recently went sub 10 in Taupo. He's got an app, John. I bought the app. Did you? Yeah. Oh, good. Research for the show. Yeah, we're good, because I was, like, was going to say when we got to the website, the website, like, this is a website. Yeah, it was seven bucks too, so yeah. Nice. Do I get reimbursed for that? Okay, yep, sure. Oh, great, good. Yeah. Okay, um, and then we've got some questions and answers at the end. Okay, so news first of all, and John's, John's really come in with some big hitting news this week. John's race. No, 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 we're not going to talk about that now. We're just going to talk about the ITU races. There doesn't seem to be any Ironman news this well, week. Well, why don't we talk about your race within the ITU race? No, we'll talk about that later. Then, then people, people want to hear about your race. I had a, I had a, I had a blinder. He had a blinder team. Yeah. You know what's funny about John and my relationship? Is he rings me up yesterday because he needed an Apple question. I'm his, yeah. a, I'm his Apple tech desk. And, um, and, and I go, how's your race going? How'd your race go? And he goes, can't talk about it. Got to talk about it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be old news otherwise. Okay, let's talk about the big race first and then about your race. So the Phil and Ata and I, went, uh, we got there just in time to see the uh, the men's race and was a little bit disappointed there wasn't too much action on the bike. Um, there was one big lead pack and they were, they were shelling a few guys out. It's a very technical, quite hard course um, up there in Auckland. Probably the most bizarre thing in the race was we're standing... Two thirds, three quarters of the way up the this hill that's moderately steep, yep. um, but it's quite straight, so you can see them coming and you can see them all moving across the road. It was like two crashes going uphill. Yeah, I saw that. I saw one of those. I watched the clip on YouTube, and it was bizarre. Um, so anyway, um, what happened? Just people not concentrating. Not concentrating. Because uh, so one of the Kiwi boys went down, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was two. No, no, nobody seemed to go slam really hard, but it was just one of those things. You know, try to get started on a hill and yeah. the pack's gone and. Anyway, um, that was it was good, but I thought there might have been a few breakaways on the bike. You know, the relatively small packs, but they were they were they weren't mucking around. Like when we saw them at the start of the ride, we were on the flat down the bottom. They were moving, man, and there was some grimacing, grimacing going on. So I think it's not through lack of effort that people were break, wanting to break away. I think the pace was was looked like it was pretty well on, and uh, yeah, it was it was good racing. And then the run, you know, if, I think we all thought Javier uh, Gomez was just going to go out there and just blast them off the park. Um, but for the first you know, lap of the run, uh, and then well, the second lap as well, Mario um, Mola, 
um, another Spanish dude. He he stuck with him really really well, and um, it was it was a good battle. And um, also I think the good thing for us we had Tony Dodds, the Kiwi young Kiwi fella, hanging tough with the guys on the first lap. You know he was in the lead pack of five, and they yeah, were, he got seventh, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, was um, that a massive result for him? It was that's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty big. So especially when you know, he's coming back from appendix operations, stuff like yeah. that. So um, Gomez ended up taking it pretty comfortably, um, but. He ran twenty nine thirty six, and really? I think it would. I think it would be pretty, pretty accurate. accurate yeah. Well, it's it's an up and back course, and yeah. I, was, I would have thought so. Uh, Mola was second. Silver um, held out Laurent Vidal for uh, fourth, and another Pom coming through Matthew Sharp in fifth. So, yeah, it was it was good racing. Not big fields. Like all the guys would have. Uh, would have got a payday. I think it paid down to 30th and there was 28 finishes. Oh, we were 28 finishes. Mm, mm. Wow. What was the atmosphere like? I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, like, like I know last year at the Worlds or the World Championship final race, there was big crowds and a lot of Auckland people got behind it with this, was it the same feel? It was nothing, you know, nothing compared to last year. It was still, it was still good. Yeah. Know, good spattering of a crowd up the, um, up the climb, but nothing like last year. Why? Um, there was a lot on in Auckland at the weekend. A lot. Okay. Uh, so I think that was probably the main factor. Yeah. And, I guess that there probably wasn't like last year. You had, I don't know, know three thousand age groupers there. Yeah, they well have, true. That well have put a, put a lot of the crowd in there as well. So really good racing. And uh, the girls' side of things. Girls' side of things. We didn't actually watch uh, much of the girls' race because we were putting our bikes together and we had to get that done. Um, but uh, what went on in the girls' race? <laughs> yeah, there was basically a pack of four. Um, they they did. It was, it was fairly similar, but a pack of four basically on the run and it came down to. Kiwi girl coming fourth out of four. Oh, really? uh, Kate McElroy, still a good race. Nikki Samuels probably had the race of the day in fifth place. Yeah, pretty yeah. solid. Now, is uh, that a bit of a bit of an up you to the New Zealand organisation? Uh, a little bit, yeah. And there was a bit of that going on in the uh, the guys' race as well, with uh, a bit of a battle between Clark Ellis and Ryan Sissons, the New Zealanders. So, for those who don't know, um, Nikki Samuels has been one of our best athletes over the last few years, and uh, she's no longer getting funded or mm. getting less funding. No, it basically, I'm, I'm pretty sure it would go from getting quite a bit to zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you've got to go and fend for yourself. So she's going out and going to go and do um, some races in the States, I believe. And to be honest, I think it's probably the best thing for her. I think she's got a better chance of doing uh, doing some really good things, non-drafting races, potentially half Ironmans, um, potentially Ironman one day, than uh, trying to flog herself for another four years to get to Rio and have another mid- middle-of-the-pack finish. So the, so the better question is, is how is she going to go if she goes to Ironman? I think she'll be an exceptional half Ironman athlete, Ironman don't know, but she's she's an ox man, and she yeah. can she can run. I mean, she probably was, wouldn't call her an ox to her face, but would you? No, no. no. She's she's a guts athlete, so uh, yeah. No, I think she did very very well. Okay, so let's talk about Newsom's race. Although we've only got I'm two gonna, minutes. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go and do yeah, well, He wants half an hour. For yeah, that I, I need quite a bit of time, but no. I had a very good race. Okay, before we get, we're gonna go do an interview, but let's just do Ironman South Africa first. So Ironman South Africa is coming up. Looks like it's a pretty good field, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not bad. So last year we had uh, Clement Alonso McKenna from Spain taking it out in 8.34 from Cyril Vino and Mike Aragos and Tasha Badman, the machine that she is, took yeah. out the girls' race from Simone Brandy and Diana uh, Reisler. And, but this year we've got on the guys, got off Farris Al-Sultan. He's, uh, uh, Torsten's tri rating has him seeded number one. Um, Which is understandable. Come, yep, come in 8.21. Das Dieterin, who finished his Ironman debut last year, finishing second in Cozumel, um, Ronnie Shieldnick. So those top three. And then Mike Aragos, yeah, it's pretty solid. And Cyril Vino, who finished, what did I say, second or third last year. James Kanana, I'm sure he's going to want to win on home soil. you got the glove man, Pete Verbrusik. Yeah, he had a blinder in Melbourne. Melbourne yep, so, so pretty, pretty solid. Good race could be happening in a girl side of things. 2,000 two point race, $75,000 prize money. Oh, this is a goodie. 
Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, girls' side of the race, we've got Leslie Zen Lakova, um, who Michelle Bremner, I don't know much about her. She's from the Kiwi Girl, I should know more about her. She has, uh, I love Torsten's site. She, she finished sixth in New York, 12th in Rote, and she won Ironman Western Australia. Probably should remember that. Uh, so she's. Yeah, she, when was that in 2011? Yeah, seeded second. And then, yeah, the rest of the girls' side of things, not heaps going on there. Jodie Swallows entered there and seated um, 14th on Torsten's Racing. She hasn't, I don't believe she's finished an Ironman. If she gets it right, she is going to absolutely decimate things. Joe Carrot. Joe Carrot's in there. Go Joe Carrot. 10-19. Nice work. Love your work, Joe Carrot. Okay, guys, we're just going to duck away for one second in your world. We're going to go do an interview, and then we'll be back in one second. Ready, set, go. See, they probably didn't even know we had a pause there, John, because I said, ready, set, Go. Nice. We just had a great interview, didn't we? We did. A really, really good interview. So it's going to be on and probably, well, soon. When we stop rambling on, coming up this weekend, we've got Hits Napa Valley and Napa Valley, funnily enough. Wow, that's crazy. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Uh, I'm sure that's a nice part of the world to be doing a race. And Tri Sur in Seville in Spain. Have you been there? No. Sort of Seville is down sort of south. West Spain, so I'm sure it'd be nice. Yeah, well, Spain's nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it would be. Spain's good. Guys, sponsor, that's the news really, isn't it? So it you is. don't want to do your race update now, because I think I'll, that could be news. No, we'll do it at the end. No, I think people, people, can, people can hang on. Oh, you're trying to, oh, it's a teaser. Oh, it's a teaser. It's either, either God, I don't want to listen about that. Well, because news, news, normally we go for about half an hour, we've hit nine minutes. Okay. So I'm thinking okay. we'll do it now. And okay. it's, it's what people want to hear about this okay. week, John. I'll scroll down to my, my news report. Okay, so, so, so like, this week, we had the ITU but Greg Barfoot and Thompson Barfoot and Thompson good old Barfoot um, the, the Olympic distance race what is it what do you call the race it's Greg Barfoot and Thompson World, World Triathlon Series, series um, age group race and they had the age group race funnily enough on the at, Sunday a prize giving first spot prize pulled out of a hat Garth Barfoot oh really <laughs> it's pretty funny oh what did yeah. he win Pair of Asics shoes, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah. That'd be nice worth wearing. Yes. And, uh, and so, Low- you rock up said day. Yeah. Go yep. watch the race. Yeah. Good night's sleep Sunday night. No, not really. It was a bit hot, but it's okay. So, you don't have aircon? Well, we didn't. We didn't. We said, yeah, we didn't. Okay. Anyway, it was a bit hot. So, were you stressed? No. Daylight savings, nice. So, you get an extra, extra sleep. Yeah. Work to your advantage. Yes. And no kids. No kids. So, like, gold. And apparently, kid problems today, which we'll talk about later yes. on in the show, which wouldn't have been good. No. For a race. Yeah. But anyway, so all good rock and roll. So then you wake up, and, and where's this race sitting on your scale of importance? Probably close to D, I would say. Oh, so, so you kind of, it's like, I'm rocking up, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I mean, obviously I want to have a good performance, but I'm realistic. I've only had two months training. Um, training is not, I have not been feeling sensational training. You know, my biking's been going, going progressing along quite nicely. Very little swimming, running. Was pretty. Well, I wasn't stressed about the run, but I was like, you know, based off that 10k that I did a couple of weeks ago, and and the fact that I'm only doing one run a week, I'm going. I just, just I, I hope it. like hell I have a good run here, but I'm I've, I've got pretty low expectations. Okay, so so when you looked at the field, was it a very good field? It was not. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the guys that were racing, but the top, a lot of the top Kiwi age groupers were not there. Whether they'd done national champs and cut their season or whether they've done Ironman or whatever but the, it wasn't a particularly deep top field uh, Okay so you knew you could have even a bad day you'd do okay. Yeah there was yep. a few young whippersnappers that I, that I thought were pretty decent and um, and also Stephen Sheldrake was in there and uh, but it was wave starts so. Oh so you're just having your own race Yeah pretty much uh, the first wave was um, I think sort of everybody 
under 35, all the guys under 35, then they had the, the bulk of the women, and then we were the third wave, and that was 35 to 45 men. When the hip wave starts, what kind of time gap are they having? Five minutes. Oh, so it's a good good, mm. good gap. Mm. Okay, so wave starts, and uh, so you get up to rock on up. Tell yep. us about it. So next to no warm-up, it's quite hard when you can't do a swim warm-up or anything like that. You basically you can't get in the water. So rocked up, it's a pontoon, it wasn't a pontoon start, but you jump in and you've got to have one hand on the pontoon, yep. so you don't have to sort of, there's not too much argy-bargy in terms of, you know, lining up in lines, it's one straight line, so you get off Did the you line. Did you to your far end strategy? I went to the, the, the opposite end that I thought I was going to go to once I'd seen what, what was going on in the race, so I was standing, I, I got right to the front of the line, yep. accidentally, some officials said, go this way, and I said, okay, we'll go that way, walked around and we're actually right at the front of the line, I went, oh, whoops. And did then, you push in? Yeah, so I did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when we were actually going down I said well I actually want to be at the back of the line so I just stood there and waited for everybody to walk past oh, okay. started on the right um, pretty much the swim went as I expected push off the, 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 the pontoon tried to stay on Sheldrake's feet for it, and that last, lasted about uh, 20 metres if I was lucky is he a better swimmer is he He's much better swimmer yeah. and then it was just plain sailing it was just were you by yourself or to- you have a totally by myself the whole way so you come out of the water second second out of the water okay struggled really big time with navigation um, because at that time in the morning and the, the boys are really hard to sight when you're in the uh, harbour. There's no okay. sort of landmarks. So I really struggled with that. So I did have a few stops and starts. But overall, swim went really well. I felt good intensity all the way through. Um, looking at the results, I got pantsed pretty badly in the swim. Okay. Um, but I was really pleased, felt For really strong. We yeah. went really strong and, uh, and kept good intensity all the way through. So that, that was good. How much when you're on intensity scale, you know, like – are you still focusing on your technique? Uh, or are you such an experience? Like for me, when I'm doing a race, even that one I did over summertime, it's that I, I, I can push, I, I've always been someone who can push yourself really hard, but I, you know, swimming, I'd always lose my technique. And so it'd be like, how do I hold intensity and technique at the same time? I'm always, well, just for me personally, I'm always doing a bit of a rotation, whether this is on the, generally on the swim or the run, I'm roto- rotating between um, different thought processes. So I'm thinking, you know, obviously navigation, you know, every, yep. I don't know. 10 strokes or so, just check, checking where I'm at. And then I'm thinking about um, intensity, and then I'm probably thinking a little bit about technique as well. So a, a reasonable amount, but I'm not thinking technique all the time. Yeah, okay. Uh, so swim was good, came out of the swim, and uh, was jogging into transition, and then, trans- Bevan, I need lessons. People are I, telling me I, yeah, on Facebook, I yeah, need lessons. Yeah, if you look at your overall time, your transition would have won the whole thing. Yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, I did have a very bad T1, and the main reason was I tried to multitask. Uh, Rookie error. Multi- John, get yeah. a pen, write the alphabet and the numbers at the same time. I'll tell you about yeah, that later. It's a yep. uh, rookie mistake. I was trying to turn on my GPS and uh, and get out of my wetsuit at the same time and I didn't pull my legs down far enough and then I just cocked it all up uh, and uh, you know you know when you don't pull your legs down far enough and you've got to get your thumbs yeah. in and get them off and I just ballsed it up one leg in particular so T1 was not very good got onto the bike and uh, got onto a good rhythm <laughs> the funniest part of the whole race for me was uh, it's an amazing course four laps 10k downtown Auckland and it's proper downtown it's not this hoax sort of stuff when yeah. you, you, you sort of you do one close to minute in town and then you're out of town you're basically going up and down the main street Queen Street and then you do an out and back on the, on the flat it was proper downtown stuff we more or less did the we did about half of the the, the elite race course in reverse so we didn't have the, the, the really hard hill but we had it was nice a nice gentle incline full road closure nice wide roads Great. 
And so I'm starting off going up the hill and um, I'm not going to ride the ride to power, but I'm going to be keeping an eye on power. And uh, So what was, what was the power range? Because I did look at your power file. Yeah, so, so I'm going up this first climb and getting into my, getting into my rhythm, riding 360 watts, which is, <laughs> which is reasonably high, but it's not, it's not crazy high. This chick just comes blasting past me and her biggest gear just monstering and I was just like, you are kidding. <laughs> and, uh, and by the time we got to the top of the hill, she just exploded. <laughs> So riding the first lap, had a good, fairly good strong first lap. Uh, I think my average power was 285, which was quite a bit higher than what I was anticipating. So you normalised at the end was 280, wasn't it? 281, something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, and just coming up to the end of the first lap, and, uh, and someone just pulls out in front of me, and I'm like, that's Sheldrake, I'm sure it is. And I rode up to him, and it was. So you'd expect Sheldrake to be further ahead? Yeah, he, he was two minutes in front of me, coming out of the swim. Oh, really? Okay. And uh, coming to the end of the first lap, and he's just pulled, pulled out of the penalty box, and he'd be given a two-minute penalty, passing on the inside, which I he, 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 had, he had fairly legitimate defence for it, and I passed a few people on the inside as well. Why, just they're going too slow? Well, yeah, you've got a full open road, and they're riding on the right-hand side. You can't pass them on the right, because we were riding American style. And so what are you supposed to do? Yeah. And uh, and I don't think he even passed the guy. I think um, the guy, he, yeah, it was. Odd. It just sounded odd. So it sounded like a pretty bad call. Um, yeah, but you were, were loving we're, it. Yeah, I was loving it. <laughs> so then I thought, well, he's a really strong rider, Sheldrake. I'm just going to try to hang on to him as best I can and uh, and hang on for 30 k's. Oh really? So you're beating yourself up to stone as well. At times, he was working very hard to drop me a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how fit he is. He's probably not that fit, but he's a better cyclist than me. But uh, he was trying to drop me quite a bit. Because oh, uh, <laughs> you've been rivalries with Sheldrake Drake for how many years? Oh, yeah, we've had – I mean, in recent times, he's way better than me. But back in the late 90s, we had some, some good ding-dong battles. And uh, so just hang on to his wheel, and that was great. You know, you got somebody to ride, but yeah. otherwise it would have been a 40k time trial. And um, yeah, it just pulls you, it takes you to another place, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So that was helped on the mental front. It also helped on the speed. I was sitting legit distance, but you know, if you're sitting at seven or eight meters, you're still getting a good, good well, it's, wide it's, advantage. It's not even just the, the, the drafting advantage, it's the carrot that's in front of you. Mm. You know, like when you're TTing by yourself, you're pushing and you're gauging all your intensities and all the rest of it. If you've got that carrot sight there in front of you, if they kind of, you know, give a bit of a surge, you mm. surge as well. And so it's just that advantage of having that in front of you. He put in a sneaky attack. We came out because I, nice. I did go to the front a few times. Uh, like actually, once. No, I had, I had two big stretches where I went on the front, on the flat, and uh, he did a sneaky attack. I, we came around the turnaround point, and uh, and I had some Coke, and I was thinking, all right, I'll have a bit of Coke. And my Coke was behind my seat, you know, and it's quite hard sometimes yeah. to get the behind-the-seat one. So I was fiddling around getting my Coke, and I was fiddling around to put it in. Boom! <laughs> he <laughs> he put in this massive attack, and I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> Chucked, I almost threw the bottle and just, just I, I'd had to work pretty hard there. Um, really, really cool course, and uh, you, you lap got lots of athletes, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. The traffic. So you hit both sides of the road. Yes, in one direction. Well, in some places you had the whole but whole whole road, like coming yeah. down Queen Street. Yeah, the whole of Queen Street. But you're all going in the same direction. Yes. So okay, great. So you had lots of space. Yeah, and so one like we passed the Holy Hammer, Murray Lapworth. Nice. Because he was in. How did he go? Lap, he won his A trip. Oh, um, good work, Holy Hammer. But and he's he's a strong rider. And we caught him up. Um, I don't know, maybe halfway on the bike because he started. I don't know, ten minutes behind us, something like that. And uh, and Sheldrake passed him, and Murray's quite a strong rider. And he goes, Ooh, Murray speeds up, and I come up next to Murray. I said, Get off the wheel, Murray. That's my wheel. <laughs> So ride went really, really well um, uh, and ended up with a normalised power of 281, which is probably about um, 5 to 10 watts higher than what I expected. Yep. And I'll Your maybe, power to weight was I'll, 4. I'll maybe go into why I think I rode above my expected power in a moment. 
Uh, coming last few k of the ride, we rode really, really easy, which I needed because I was my legs were starting to get a bit sore. So he started up a little bit, did he? Yeah, and uh, was it like a and then we almost, agreement? No, and <laughs> he, he, he wasn't too keen on the run. He said, oh, "I can't be asked running after this bloody bike ride." I do. Um, so you knew you hit him? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> coming coming off the bike, I'm thinking I've ridden pretty hard there. I'm going to be interested to see how this run goes, especially given I'm not haven't got huge confidence in the run. First k of the run, took it relatively gently, not feeling great, and then just sort of eased into it. And then I was just on fire. Really, I could not believe it. Loving it. Um, yeah, it was just smoking, it. And, and very rare for me. Actually, at one stage, I thought, I better slow down a bit here. Um, normally, you know, you're pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah, trying to but find yeah, that next place. Really had to slow down. Um, very technical run course, lots of corners, you know, probably, I don't know, 40 corners in total, like proper, you know, turned corners, not just sort of easy corners. Um, but really cool run course. And it was almost, you treat it like intervals. You know, you've got a straight, then you've got a right angle corner, straight, right angle corner, straight, right angle corner. So it was great. And I ran an exact even split. 1736 1736 so what you do 30 3512 wow. and it was measured as an accurate Phil measured I, I started my watch a little bit late Phil got it at exactly 10 kilometres wow. um, but given there was quite a few corners it might be give or take a little bit out but I think um, yeah they got he, he measured exactly 10 I measured at 9.8 but I started my watch late so it was an accurate 10Ks and like that is beyond best case scenario like if I would have been proper run fit 35 flat, I would have taken that. Yeah. Really happily taken that, especially off a hard ride. So I was blown away how, how fast I ran. So, what, like, you know, like, because, you know, as an experienced athlete, we, you know, like when you race a lot, you realize you only really have a few days in your life where, where everything goes to plan, you know, mm. and, and you just have that magical day. And, uh, you know, when you're in the race, what point did you just kind of go, wow, this is the day? Oh, yeah. I was at that at rates, you know, obviously, I've been a lot faster, but that is in the top five best races I've ever had in my life. Wow. I couldn't believe it. Um, so why? Just, just, just. Well, I think the reasons were is, um, one, I was actually ended up being fully tapered for the race. I didn't actually expect to be fully tapered, but uh, just things conspired last week that uh, I didn't really get much training in and the sessions I did were very short, so I was 100% fully tapered. Yep. Um, and what are my other reasons? Um I know these guys sponsor the show and I'm going to give them a plug later on um, but I think extreme endurance certainly helped a lot I'm hopeless at taking tablets yep. um, and but for a week before the race I was taking my six tablets a day and like after the race no muscle soreness um, yep. bit of fatigue but no no muscle soreness so I think that was um, another one and uh, what was it? what was the other reasons I was thinking of but sometimes it's that thing you can't put your finger on as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Just, you know, obviously having Sheldrake come out of the box, you know, like there's few, yeah. you know, there's things. Yeah, that, good, good luck. I think good, yeah, luck, good, good luck. Good luck was down there. Um, yeah, it was just uh, loving it. Yeah, it was fantastic. So obviously you got second overall, but yeah. So that was that, this is one of the downfalls of wave starts, and we'll go into this in a moment. So I was 11 seconds um, off the overall win, and I could quite easily find 11 seconds. And had this been a, a, a race, I would have found 11 seconds on yeah. that run. If you, if you knew that person was in front of you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, st I was smoked once across the finish line, um, but I did do a few high fives. My my nieces and niece and nephew were there, and I did a few high fives. John, and you stuff. always give people a hard time if they high five. <laughs> oh, no, high five's great. You've got to give kids high fives. So, um, you know, I could have found 11 seconds if I'd known I was running down, but that's, that's such as life. Yeah, yep. So, but all in all, very, very pleased. What did you get for winning? I got a medal. Woohoo! Mm. That's it. Yep, yep. Uh, nice. Didn't get a so, you've got something here about prize giving noise. 
yes. So when I got up on the, so, so there was a bit of noise in the background. We, I don't, I don't know who the guys were, but when I got up there, they were yelling out something about I am talk when I was up there. So thanks for the the noise and uh, at the prize giving. Nice work in uh, Mountain Snow. Uh, we'll talk about that stuff at the end of the show. Okay, then go. To, yeah. you, you guys aren't that important. You guys are <laughs> at the end of the show. John's uh, done his race report. We're going we're to push on. The show. Okay. So. Um, uh, but but um, if anybody does want to see more detail, I've put a race report on coachjohnproject2014.com. Um, that's got links to all my swim bike and file files and, and stuff, and uh, and basically a copy of a. It's more of a template that I use for for the athletes that I coach, um, and just want to say great race those in the race they don't give me a free entry or anything like that but awesome weekend of racing because you get to go see all the racing on saturday and the course that you use in auckland is uh it's pretty unique it's it's pretty awesome great so i encourage people to go and do it go to it next year make sure you do it. okay guys sponsor sls try i was uh sporting the uh i am talk sls try suit out did you week. do the try suit did you oh yeah oh, yeah you rock it was looking good people were loving it Phil and Ada had his on too as well. Wow, you guys are like rock stars. Yeah, well, our wives tend to call us something else, <laughs> um, which is a bit of a running joke. Some other legends, though. Um, Rob Green from Active Chiropractic in Richmond, Virginia, and uh, Moose. I can't remember the name of Moose's business. He's a surgeon over there as well. They've got the Hammer Tri Club in Richmond. And what they're doing, they've got their, their tri suit in, um, they're, they're, they've sort of got a team suit. Their, their tri top is black, and they've decided. No, we're not going to have matching pants this year. We're going to use the I Am Talk SLS tri- uh, two-piece and just get the, the pants. So oh, that's, good to, that's going to be their race kit for the year. Oh, you guys are amazing. So they've got a nice black top with all their details. And then that actually look pretty cool. Then they're using the I Am Talk Because the blue pants are pretty cool. And mm. then the black top. Mm. Oh, you guys rock. Outstanding. So just a cool way that they're supporting um, SLS, uh, who are a great supporter of the show, and, uh, and also I Am Talk at the same time. So if you guys want to... Um, where, where are they? They're Richmond. in Richmond, Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. Well, if you know, if you've got problems with your chiropractic needs, yes. go see Rob. Go Rob Green, yeah. active chiropractic. Just had a baby. Welcome to my world, Rob. Wow. <laughs> um, well, we've got some friends who just found out they're going to have twins. They've already got two and they're going to have twins. Oh, that's nasty. And they've got two under five. So I think, yeah, like a, a one or maybe like a one and a half and a four-year-old and they're going to have, so they're four under five. That is tricky. That is working hard for your money. So if you if you guys, any of you, you got a, a team kit or anything like that, and maybe or you've got a bike jersey or something like that, and you want to get some matching pants, or not matching pants, but you want to get some sort of pants, SLS have got um, you know just their standard sort of black stuff, um, or you can team up with a bit of Iron Talk stuff. Obviously you've got it in colours matching, um, but you can incorporate that into the design of your team kit. Uh, so get in touch with them, slstry.com, and if you're going to get any of their SLS gear, use the code <laughs> I am talk. If you're going to get any of our I am talk gear, um, they've already got the discount code applied. We've got tri suits there, and we've got now got the two pieces. Well, Rob, well. what I want to see from you is I want you to get your tri club in their gear to get a team photo. Team photo. Yeah, we yes. need the team photo. And, and this week's club of the week, John. Yes, it's uh, the Hammer Tri Club in Richmond. Yes, <laughs> club of the week. Club of the week. They are. Okay, John. Nice. So discussion of the week we had. Um, what was it? So over the last kind of period of time, we've been talking a lot about the idea of discussion of the week being around the swim starts and, and what's happening with the swim starts and are they safe? And and it was really interesting. Last week's discussion really proved that maybe, you know, it isn't as bad as we think it is. It's just the number of people who are doing the race more. But we were kind of wondering what you guys felt was the best way to start the swim or start I mean races with bigger fields. So 
And a, a lot of people went down, interestingly, went down the angle of um, congestion in the swim. And that's not actually the angle I was looking at it whatsoever. Um, I was more concerned about the congestion on the bike because this all stemmed out of Melbourne. And I kind of think that, you know, in terms of getting the living daylights beaten out of you on the swim, sometimes it doesn't matter if it's a field of 2,000 or if it's a field of 200. If you get in a pack of 20 people, um, you're still going to get beaten up no matter how many people are in there. Yeah. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting that lots of people's suggestions were, um, you know, have the swim seeded and uh, have the fastest people go first and the slowest people go last, so then you're, um, you know, you're not having to swim through people and stuff. But my take on this this topic was really how are we going to make it fair on the bike so there's not drafting issues. Um, so, Bevan, do you want to kick it off? Okay, we've got Colin Durant here, and he's got, um, they could consider having a handicap race, get 3,000 people finishing all together. Like, that would never happen, but it'd be kind of a cool concept. Well, I do that in my duathlon yeah, in yeah. winter, and that's quite chaotic just with 100 to 120 people. Yeah. Um, wouldn't be so bad if we had timing chips. Right? Yeah, but if you kind of said, if, if you had, when you entered and you had, here's your clock time, you need to be here by this point, mm. you know, and you slotted it in, you know, mm. like maybe if it was organised with a bit of. It's more the finish. Um, you need to have imagine, a imagine if you had three thousand people coming up the finishing shoot. Yeah. Handicap races never work out, but you know, like, there's always one person who over predicts himself and wins yeah. by a country mile. But still, it would be an interesting concept. Uh, Rob Lyons, if you have uh, if you've got enough st- space on the start, you don't have congestion on a mass swim start. Port Mac has a seated mass start that works. Standing. 1,000 plus people on a beach with enough space each to stand, then expecting them to take the water all together and then need seven feet by three feet each doesn't work. Okay, Dennis Charles has got mass start. I think that the reason we are talking about safety is more about lack of preparation for the conditions than the mass start. So he's, he's looking at more the safety issue more than the drafting issue. Uh, Mike Threadgold, uh, I like the team the time trial format I've done at an Olympic distance with groups of five to six jumping in together and on a rolling basis. Not sure how it would work. Uh, it would translate to a full Ironman. Problem with the wave starts can be the long wait time between transition closing and for your wave start. If you're in the last wave, you can sit around for one to two hours. Oh, really? This is no more evident than in, in New Zealand. We have the Kiwi Kids Triathlon, yep. and they have 1,500 to 2,000 kids doing it. And they start like 50 and, kids a time, don't they? Yeah, and they just, kids just have to wait for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Joanna um, Baxis has got, um, I've only done mass start or age group starts, and the mass I'm half Ironman start being swum over by pro Ironman wasn't that bad. So she's saying next year it's not that bad. Okay. Jeff uh, Linkus, how about a qualification system where you have to have completed a 70.3 under a certain time and show proof of a recent physical from a doctor in order to register? Nothing crazy for the time, maybe anything under six hours. We've got Martin Silverstone. Silverstone, yep. Um, he's a wave start, 400 metres, 400 um, at a time, works well in 70.3s. So. Um, in terms of what I've uh, do you want to do more? Um, we've got quite a few here. Do, do a couple more, John. Okay, a couple more. Give some love to the people. Okay, love to the people. Yeah. Um, 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 Rob Dallymore, saw him at the weekend, sitting on the Ironman New Zealand uh, booth. Uh, a mass, a big mass. Does he work for them? I think it's just helping out. He's a good um, man. Because I saw Jeanette there on the sidelines. I almost slapped her around the head because uh, she's <laughs> the race manager. I was running along, I was coming to the finish, and she wasn't cheering, so I almost pretended to slap her in the head, and that woke her up. Yep. Uh, a big mass start is always preferable, so you know exactly where you are in the field, but that isn't always feasible. Wave starts next, TT starts never. 
Yeah, okay. Gary Fegan, he doesn't do Facebook anymore, so he sent me an email. Oh, really? Don't do that, team, because then it's just more work for me. Yeah, but I'll, yeah, I'll, don't do I'll, that. I'll do let Fegan off once. I've given up on Facebook. Too much shit about yourself. So, I've done, <laughs> so that's why he's done it. But anyway, um, I've done right and thought that they had things bang on based on predicted finish times. I enjoyed the most uh, the most enjoyable Ironman swim ever and was still able to draft efficiently without reducing the numbers. Mm. Um, unless there's a huge beach start or a decent um, descent. And the first boy basically, basically saying, yeah, he doesn't mind that. So, oh, so, so I, I wasn't sure if, if Rote did it on no, age do, or age time. It. I think they do. What do they do time? I don't know. Well, I know they do for the first wave, but after that, I don't know. I don't know. For, for, for me, it just seems practical just to do it on an on an age based system. And how many you have in each wave? I guess. What, what, what's the gap they have at Rote? I don't know. We'd have to go to challengerote.com probably. Can you not remember? No. Because we well, we're in the first wave, yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just probably yeah, it was good start time. We're just going to go. Um, it's my best swim ever. It, it just makes sense to me. And the fairest way of doing it is you've got to have your, all your age group people starting at the same time when you've got qualifi- qualifying and yeah, things like that. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. just not fair. Um, obviously, the issue that you're going to have is swimming over the top of people. So we had wave starts of the weekend, five-minute gaps. I was swimming over, swimming past women at the uh, first buoy. Yep. And that, they had a five-minute head start on us. So I guess that's a, that's a, it's a bit of a safety issue. If you're a slower swimmer, and yeah. you're just going to get pounded. Because they don't have that option. But do you then say wave starts, but if you want the option of starting at the back, you can. Good idea. You know, pfft. Good idea. Out of my butt again, John. Yeah. So you know, so that you're kind of going, okay. Well, there is there is a percentage of the field who the swim's always going to be a huge challenge, mm. and you know, they just, it's just about getting through. They normally wait for everyone to take off before they get in the water, anyway. Mm. You know, it's it's a minority of the field, but there's definitely an aspect of it. So we say wave starts for everyone, but if you want to go in the very last wave, we're fine with that. Yeah. So, so it gives that option. So I think possibly you know having pros at the beginning, obviously like they do at the moment with their 15-minute head start, and you could potentially start the real oldies with them as well. So they've got a 15-minute head start on the field, maybe. Yeah, but would you want that? Because then the oldies are going to swim a lot slower than fast age groups. Maybe. It's just depends, it depends that you've got the cut-off time, you know, the 17-hour cut-off. Yeah, it's certainly doubtful, isn't it? Or do, so, you, do you give them an hour head start or something stupid like that? Then you've got daylight issues. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I actually think your suggestion is, is bang on the money, Bevan. You basically have wave starts per uh, based on age group and, and you may have a bulk of age groups together. And, uh, and, you, and Last wave option. Yeah, and then last wave option, or and, and that might be broken into a couple of waves in terms mm. of, uh, you know, the, friend, the friendly wave at yeah. the back. And uh, and that need to be compensated. So, so let's say we do do a waste. So it'd be male, female, or how would you go about doing it? I or is you, it just, you just age? have to come up with a formula that would work best. Like what they did at the weekend, you you'd probably put the fastest age groups first. You know, yep. say you'd have the the younger guys, and then then you just have to you just have to figure out a system of doing it. And so, so from the start, from the top guys, so you would have been in the second wave. We're in the third wave. We had women in front of us. Okay, so by the time that one started, right through to the last wave, what kind of time frame were you looking at? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, I, I don't know. In an Ironman, I would have thought you'd want a good, probably ten minutes between waves. I would have. Okay, thought. so you're looking for about. But I'm, but I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I'm thinking you're starting four four hundred people at a time, you know. So you might only have five five waves. And you're male and female at the same time, well, for just, each age. Probably not. You'd probably just start. You just you just come up with appropriate groups. No, but I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering how long would it? You know, is it an hour ten before the last group starts after the first group? I would or? have thought about that. Yeah, you wouldn't okay. you wouldn't want much more than that because that, that is the only downfall. Is then do they the cutoff time get reduced to mm. you know sixteen hours? I think if we looked at the stats, how many people are there between sixteen and seventeen hours? Yeah, but those are the people who are going to be at the back of the swim. Yes, and you, those are the ones who need the seventeen hours. Yes. You don't want to kind of close them out of the sport. No, 
you do that, that, that's it's all just detail. Just gotta gotta think through. But I think for the the bulk of people who are going to finish between let's say yeah. 10, 10 and fifteen hours, yep. the cutoff is not such a big issue. Um, we want to have a clean race on the bike. Yep. And a fair race in terms of qualifying, you know where you are on your way. Well, it was interesting talking to Russ last week about it, and he was saying really the problem with Melbourne was just that because the swim was short, that was what caused they all still the drafting. Would have, they still would have had mass drafting over there. It wouldn't have been anywhere near as bad, but they had mass drafting in the first year with the, the, the big swim. Yeah. And I know it spreads out during the ride, as Russell said, but it's still a big issue. It's, it's Australians, mate. <laughs> Cheating Australians. <laughs> Under Armours. <Yeah. laughs> uh, this week's discussion, guys, you guys one. have been waiting for this for a long time. <laughs> it's seriously one of the best discussions ever. What's the one thing that you don't do with your training or, or with any aspect of being a good triathlete that you know you should do that would help you get faster? Yeah, That's a great question, isn't it, John? What would be yours? Well, this is discussion for the next week. We'll I, go on to this I next know, week. You had a blinder. Maybe you did it. You so, tapered. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I thought there's one thing you, you, people who stress in the last week before a race about getting lots of training it does you, you could almost do nothing well do you know what John week. when I did the Abel Tasman which I put down as one of those race days where I just had a blinder and mm. couldn't have done any better I got sick the week before and I didn't run at all mm. and like I really was really sick and I was almost like oh god it's going to be a pretty average day and then two days before I kind of just suddenly came right and, and like and kind of go you know maybe the week off strategy is a good one you know? yeah no, there's nothing to no. I mean, you just got to be careful around the jarring in terms of the running no of course you need to do something but but I but, think people can get a bit stressed about uh, you're far better off going into the race fresher than a little bit frazzled see now we're up to 36 minutes for the news for this nice. week yeah see that was good okay let's put some music on we're going to put an age group of the week up Age Gripper of the Week. You guys don't really see what happens on the show. Actually, someone asked me a while ago to send a photo of our studios. Yes. I wonder if Joe's still home. Bye. Can you get me here for a sec, please? Oh, gosh. <laughs> She's a good... Yeah, I love my girl. Um, we're going to get her to take a photo of this moment. Yeah, okay. Okay, so while, while we're talking about this Age Gripper of the Week, John, do you yeah. want to start talking about it and I'll talk to Joe when she comes... Although I'll probably interrupt you. Yeah. No. Babe, can you do us a favour? Can you get your camera and take a photo of John and I? Yeah. Okay, because then we'll put it on the website. There you go. Yeah, and Ken Young sent through this week's age group. He'd like to nominate Vaughan Hunt for Ironman New Zealand. First time a dedicated to training for the past year and did the Taupo high 70, oh, half. It's not a 70.3, is it? No, it's half, yep. We only have Auckland 70.3, don't we? We do. Qualified for age group for the Worlds in France. Love his work. Um, but then went on to do, oh, did he? No, what? It's a little bit confusing. Then he, then he, then he went on to do Ironman New Zealand. Swam. A 105. Oh, what angle are you going to do, babe? Do you, want, do you want the flowers in the photo? We've got some flowers. Joe, look at that. What kind of flowers are those, John? You tell me, Bevan. It's Christmas lilies. Lily. Christmas lilies. Yeah. Can't, can't have them at home. Too much pollen. Yeah. Mm. Uh, John, your kids, your yeah. life's hard, isn't it? It is. Okay, wait, we're going to take a photo ready. You want, what, do you want to do thumbs up? Oh, he's always putting the sponsor up on the thumbs. Here we go. Bloody beautiful, babe. Thanks, babe. Oh, we're doing another one. Oh, oh I'll do a pretend I'm drinking a cup of tea. Coffee. Coffee's of white. Coffee. There you go. Oh, we're rock stars. Okay, they'll be on the go to the website, guys. Yeah. Anyway, back to back to Vaughan Hunt. Thank you, Joe. Vaughan Hunt went to the Ironman New Zealand. He had a solid swim of 105, which is a solid swim. But then he crashed halfway through the bike. Um but able to get on up and dusted and carried on, so which is good. He finished the bike, struggled to run due to a sore back, which makes sense once you've had a bit of a crash. Finishing hearing Mike Riley calling him in. Was a bit disappointed with the time. He did a 13-14, but he got around to have an X-ray a week later, which showed he had a compressed fat fracture into a vertebrae. Oh. 
nasty. Oh. Already back into riding. Maybe not the best idea. No. Well, I'm sure he's listening to his fitness professionals. Yeah. Wow. But, 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 but we've got to give everyone a bit of love here. He's in the 50 to 54 age group. Good thing about the Ironman New Zealand website um, is it goes down and does all these graphs on, on, on where you sort of finished. And he's he's middle of the field and over, overall, and he's um, yeah, about about middle in his, in his age group. So, solid well, he need a crash, he need a fractured vertebrae. Exactly. <sighs> Good tra- bit of transitions than me. He was in the, the highest band for transitions you need to start working on transition mate I do you know if you don't win Hawaii yeah. because you're a transition I'm not, not going to win Hawaii the show's over yeah. <laughs> we're never talking again yeah. <laughs> uh, so Vaughan coming back from a crash outstanding effort really is you know <laughs> when you've got a broken back Andrew Hewitt got uh, kicked in the face sounded like she got a bit of concussion what and, happened uh, to her in the race Oh, she just she was woeful after she was good after the first lap of the swim. Then sounded like I didn't actually read the article, but she got kicked in the face and swim. Sounded like she was concussed, but oh, then really? she got smoked after that. So well, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. totally. And he hug rode her off the bloody wheels. This German girl who won got smoked in the swim, rode up the group, rode through Andrea. Andrea couldn't hold onto her wheel, and she just rode straight up to the front group, and uh, and then just was in total control. Is that the girl you talked about last week, who you think yes. sort of dominant this year? Yep. She's a bit of a weakness in the swim, so she could... She could but if she's right up through the field in an Auckland yeah, course... Sh- they should have really tried to eliminate her. But the women's field was pretty weak. It was thin. I wouldn't say it was weak, thin. it was thin. But they were pretty thin, John. They're, yeah, they're athletes. Yeah, yeah. But back, back, to, back to Vaughan. Vaughan Hunt, effort. you rock. Vaughan Hunt, you are our... Age group of the week. week. Okay, John, tell us about Coffees of Hawaii. Well, I think we, if we go onto their um, Facebook page... Yes. They've recently had the... Uh, 20th anniversary of the Molokai uh, Coffee Festival. Oh, nice. Yes. And if you went there, you could have seen at Coffees of Hawaii the Molokai Isle, Isle Princess. I'm looking at her right now. Yeah, I bet you are. She's looking pretty happy. Yeah. So um, one, one way that you can support, obviously, our sponsors is if you've been getting a bit of Coffees of Hawaii, get onto their page and give them a bit of love and uh, just post a comment on there saying how much you love it. And uh, we've got new promo codes that we'll be putting up on the website this week and a new link through this the Coffees of Hawaii but they're, they're killer discounts so get onto it Bevan oh, you're looking riveted there oh, I am because I've got lots of cool photos I've got the little yeah. ukuleles playing some singing yeah. they've got the, the lots of flowers Hawaii always just looks relaxed doesn't it they've got more likes than we have on our page I know I was a bit disappointed seeing that guy sharpen off our likes um, <laughs> make sure you go into all our sponsors give them, give them a like on Facebook and uh, share the love yeah got Pro- lots of oh they've got production photos here Yes. They've even got the, the printing stuff. Yeah. The 20th annual Molokai <coughs> Coffee Festival. Uh, guys, use all codes I am talk, and uh, we've got other codes on the website as well. If in, if in, ever in any doubt about um, shipping or anything like that, just pop them an email and they will sort you out. Coffeesofwhy.com. Yeah, seriously, guys, the best coffee in the world and uh, great supporters of the show. Really get onto it and uh, order it. And it's just that thing, you know. Get a good coffee maker. Someone on Facebook this week actually said, look, I've bought a new coffee maker. I'm pretty excited because I'm going to get some coffees of Hawaii. We need to give this person some love job. I'm going to pull them up. I am talk on Facebook. And then uh, who was it, John? Well, Rasha, ready to go. I'm not even on that page. I'm looking at uh, the Hawaiian. Joanne Baxis. Nice. She goes, I purchased a coffee machine. Guess what I'm buying this week. Good stuff. Love your work, Joanne. You rock the party. Or her name's Foreman. Maybe it's her last name. It's the thing with chicks on Facebook, isn't it? Well, because Joe, <clears throat> Joe, you know, like if you're married mm. and then you've got an old name and people, your old friends want to meet you, what do you do? 
Tricky. Yeah, well, that's what you do. You put a foreman. She was Joanna Foreman. Now she's Joanna Pexis. Nice. So there you go. And she loves coffees of Hawaii. So love you too. Cool. John, what are we talking about now? Interview time. Well, we've got a great interview, guys. So Paul Larson. Um, is it Larson or it is Larson? I'm pretty sure. Or Larson. Larson. I'm pretty sure it's Larson. Okay. Paul Larson. He um, he's a he's a bit of a guru, really. Sports isn't he? physiologist. Uh, he's a lead physiologist for. High Performance Sport New Zealand, so he has a lot to do with triathletes and has for quite a long time. And, and what makes it even more important is he's a triathlete himself. Yeah. And, uh, so and so, hour guy. Yeah, so, so that sharp. really brings it in perspective. He can do the, the scientific side of things and say, this is what the research does, boom, boom, boom. But he can also empathise with what the hell we go through when we're in, in a race situation, which I think makes it really, really valuable. So uh, some pretty um, eye-opening stuff coming up. Yeah, really, really great interview, guys. So listen up. Here we go. Right, this week we have uh, <coughs> Professor Paul Larson, performance physiologist with uh, High Performance Sport New Zealand. Sharp character. And I now know what an adjunct professor what is. What is it? Bevan doesn't. What is it? He, he, well, he's, he's, it's, from my understanding, sort of part-time with... Uh, oh, it's a bit of both. A bit, bit of both. He's mixed up. He's yeah. mixing two worlds. Yeah. Nice, like also, it. Also, sub-10-hour recent Ironman. Oh, nice, sharp. Zealand, so. And great photo on his website. Yeah, so welcome along to the show, Paul. Morning, guys. Morning. Right, let's take two because Bevan's just been off to save the world. Oh, I'll tell you about it. It's hard life out there, I'll tell you. <laughs> Saving squashing spiders. Um, Paul, uh, you, the reason we got you on the show is um, that we, we, a few weeks ago we had a, a discussion with uh, Jonathan Dugas, I think it was Dugas, yep. around, um, around hydration and that certainly... Um, Created more confusion. Yeah, created a bit more confusion about what pe- how people should be hydrating and... Um, and you're also in a similar area of expertise, and we're going to focus a bit on uh, cramping because I think one of the things that came out of that interview was uh, all of a sudden people think, oh, I don't need to take any electrolytes, don't need to take any sodium, I'm drinking to thirst. Um, but then there's a lot of people that you know have electrolytes and they think that saves the day for, in terms of cramping. So we want to try to get to the bottom of it. Um, so I guess the first thing is, and this, this seems like a very simple question because we we all experience well, not we all, a lot of us experience cramp. But what is what is cramps? What sort of sort of going on, and why the hell does it hurt so much? <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, yeah, just to start, I, I I did listen to Jonathan's talk, fantastic stuff, and uh, definitely on page with with Jonathan. Um, so yeah, to 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 continue on. Uh, the a cramp is i guess we should just start with the definition and it's defined scientifically as a a sudden involuntary um uh, meaning you can't control it um painful contraction of the muscle and that usually goes away within seconds to minutes um and that's that cramping's also accompanied by nodding or bulging of that muscle mm. um and most of your listeners as as you mentioned um you know ironman triathletes they'll be well aware of these and some more than others as well they think they say the incidence is between 30 and uh, 50% um typically in these races um uh, so i personally have experienced these uh and i can say without hesitation that they're you know they're quite uncomfortable and um, extremely frustrating as well because you're you're asking your body to you know to simply move forward on the course and get home, uh, but your body's not letting you for some reason. So I just uh, you know sympathise with your listeners that have, uh, that have experienced this. Mm. So so typically you know we'll say you know cramp is caused by um, obviously you know when you get late into the run muscle fatigue seems to be obviously one one cause of it. But we've often said you know. And a lot of people have thought that an electrolyte imbalance or not taking enough sodium or whatever is, is another cause. So based on, on research that you know, you've either done or you've seen, you know, 
is is that the case? You know, obviously muscle fatigue and as electrolytes, or as electrolytes got nothing to do with it? Yeah. Um, to cut to the chase, electrolytes have nothing to do with it. Um, at least that's what the research research says. But um, you can you can see why they've they've uh, been thought to uh, why we think that. So uh, cramps were first reported, you know, more than a hundred years ago in in miners working in hot and humid conditions, and uh, you know it was just natural to think that um, that it had to be due to this dehydration. Uh, and electrolyte balances, um, and you know the myths uh, perpetuated till present day, and and you can see why because you know Ironman triathletes are typically pictured as as being caked in salt and um, dripping with sweat, and then there's the um, you know, as Jonathan mentioned in his talk, there's the large commercial message that promotes that from from the various sports drink companies, um, but but the research just just doesn't support it. Um, there's no no study ever showing a relationship between your serum or blood electrolyte concentrations uh, or dehydration and the incidence of cramping in a race. Um, so there's a number of, number of studies out there that have compared the, they, they measure your blood sodium electrolyte concentrations um, after the race and then they, they find out whether you've cramped or not and they've divided those into groups uh, in their research studies and they've, they've shown absolutely no difference between the, the electrolyte concentrations in the bloods of those, those individuals um, that cramped and those that didn't cramp. Um, and the study that really put this one to rest for me was, um, I, I think, the, by the leader in, in this field. His name's Martin Schwellness. He's, he's from, uh, uh, from South Africa, um, him and his colleagues. And they used a, um, a retrospective questionnaire in, in 210 Ironman triathletes competing in the, their South African Ironman. Um, and in, in addition to the incidence of cramping, they looked at things like um, percentage of body mass loss or the dehydration, the electrolyte concentrations, uh, and they also looked at, though, interestingly, the actual performance versus the predicted performance time. So what they um, sort of thought they, they could do. Uh, and this, again, uh, they looked at the crampers versus non-crampers. So they had two groups. Uh, and again, no difference in um, the dehydration or the electrolyte concentrations. But there was a difference um, you know, when they compared the actual performance time um, versus the predicted performance time, with the cramping group tending to predict that they'd, they'd go faster than they actually did. Um, so it suggests that they're, that they're, you know, these, these individuals were, they, they believe somehow or they're motivated to go faster, um, but, and potentially suggesting that their, their predictions may have been a little bit unrealistic compared to their actual abilities. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, they went, you know, you can imagine they, um, and a lot of us can, can go there and in our Ironman experiences, you go out during the race at, uh, you know, at the intensity required to achieve your desired time. But then I guess your, you know, your body really wasn't conditioned to allow for this to occur. And, um, yeah, that brings me to, to what you, you suggested, uh, is the cause and it's, um, it is, it is fatigue. Now, and what what is fatigue? And the answer is, unfortunately, uh, we we don't really know. But it's it's some sort of failure of um, the nerves in your spine, which are providing the messages to your muscles to contract. Uh, and yeah, and the you know, so the mechanism is uh, it's referred to as um, and I'm, I know I'm going to lose your a few listeners here, but it's it's uh, clinically defined as a, a sustained abnormal spinal reflex activity secondary to muscle fatigue. So it's um, basically this, um, you know, it's the regular neuromuscular rhythm of, you know, stretch, contract, relax. And that's, that's somehow disturbed in there by that fatigue response, probably be, um, by going, you know, 
um, you know, too hard relative to your to your realistic abilities, what you what you've actually trained for and what you can do. So yeah, so local muscle fatigue, um, um, you know, appears to be the cause. What about um, you know? Sometimes we get cramps when you know. Obviously, when we're thinking late in the race, run, you know, you think yeah, in the middle of the night, you're talking about. Yeah, heroes. but sometimes yeah. you know, maybe when you get cramps, yeah, in the middle of the night, maybe. Um, or or, I've or had, in resting stages. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I've had a cramp in in, in the swim, um, and is, is that sort of just a I don't know a delayed response, or is it some sort of mixed message your brain's giving you your spinal cord you're sort of talking about there, or do you know what's going on there? Yeah, uh, I don't think we do, and it's it's um and Jonathan mentioned this this as well. It's really really difficult to um, assess. Um, scientifically, what's going on? Because you can't, it's so difficult to catch it. Um, to, to actually, yeah, to catch it. That's right, and to design a test that's valid and and reproducible. And we just haven't done that yet. So until we can we can actually find a valid and reliable test to induce the cramp, you can't um, you know you can't go in inside and, and start looking mechanistically of of uh, as to what's going on. But everything is pointing to that um, that interruption of the normal. Um, the normal spinal rhythm and, and um, you know, the, I guess the messages coming from the nerves to the to the muscles, um, and you know you've got all these you've got a bunch of nerves basically that are that are um, integrated from the the muscles back to the spines, and they they talk to one another in the spine, and um, that that whole message in there somehow gets a little bit it gets interrupted, and um, yeah, that's um, the cramp is induced, and one of the things that um, that one of the reasons why we know that is one of these one of these little neural um, uh, afferents they call them is is this Golgi tendon organ and it runs from from basically the uh, the um, the muscle back to the um, to the spine and when we and it's very um, activated when we actually stretch the muscle. So, uh, and we know that uh, one of the ways that you can actually alleviate a cramp when it's occurring is through stretching, and that's uh, I guess supports the, um, I guess the that concept that it is that uh, something going on at the spine and the whole, uh, you know, neural stuff there from from muscle to spine. So, in, in terms of the electrolytes, you know, if we say that there's there's not really any evidence that supports um, cramping and your electrolyte balance. Is there a relationship between your electrolyte balance and performance? There, there's not. Though. So never, never been a study showing uh, any, you know, any support that um, consumption of electrolytes uh, is associated with um, with Ironman performance. So yeah, definitely, definitely never, never shown. Uh, what um? So is there any value on electrolytes? No, not there's actually not, um, <laughs> not that uh, no, not dur- not actually consumed during a race. So we should you know we should um, we should also backtrack and say well electrolytes in your diet are absolutely vital and and they but they come with all the food that we consume. They come in your in your vegetables in your in your um, all in your meat. Um, you know, so those are you know we're talking um, you know sodium, calcium, magnesium. Potassium, and they're just—they're in, yeah, they're in everything, and they're all these, yeah, all all these salts. And um, we, when they're in in a water in a concentration, they're referred to as electrolytes, and they conduct electricity. And um, yeah, they're they're just they're in everything. But actually, consuming them acutely in in an Ironman event just has, um, yeah, has no real real use. It's just a bit of a 
a bit of a marketing ploy um, through the commercial, you know, companies because um, and it absolutely makes it would make sense that it would work that way because it, um, you know, you're you're caked in salt, so you would think intuitively that you, that you need that, but in actual fact, yeah, it just yeah, it's it's all part of the whole exercise recovery cycle, and it's um, consuming acutely just doesn't do anything to help. Does, is there any damage to having the amount of electrolyte? You know, if we think about the history of our sport, you know, we've all been loading up on electrolyte. You know, are we doing any harm to our bodies by doing this? That's a really, really interesting point. I don't think we know the answer to that, but there is. Uh, I was uh, when you guys asked me to to do this talk. I, I had a little bit of a scan on the the latest PubMed um, research databases, and there is this one study that just pops up from uh, Tim Noakes's group in in South Africa. And, uh, um, and I just I just checked out the abstract, and they were, um, you know, there was there was a suggestion in, in that abstract that by consuming a little bit too much, uh, these individuals that had renal failure um, in their uh, their comrades marathons, they had all consumed high quantities of, of various electrolytes throughout the race. So. Um, yeah, whether that's uh, you know, there was only four subjects in the in the case, you know in the case report, but nevertheless, um, yeah, there's some there could be some suggestions in there. It's it's not something you really want to focus on, that's for sure. So you know, for, for you personally, when you're advising people on the nutrition and when you're doing your own nutrition for Ironman, are you really just looking at you know your carbohydrate intake and so electrolytes have nothing in there? You're basically looking at that. That, that carbohydrate ratio of making sure that you stay well fueled and and that's all you really focus on the carb content and more, is that pretty much what you do? Yep, yep, absolutely. That's that's what what you should focus on. And again, that um, parallels the um, the talks the talk by John Dugas where um, yeah you want to focus on uh, consuming carbs uh, and you want to focus on consuming those early. There's also some really neat work by. Askers, you can droop slab and uh, and many others where they're looking at those um, uh, I guess the the ratio of um, glucose to fructose and mm-hmm. and you can you can you know get a little bit more um, carbohydrate into your into your system if you um, take on I guess a, a a little bit of uh, you know a fair bit of glucose and a little bit of fructose and I think the mm-hmm. The optimal ratio is around around that two two to one ratio, glucose mm-hmm. to fructose. Yeah. And there's a number of products out there that that um, that are adhering to that that two to one ratio. And you uh, again, another another couple studies have shown that you want to be aiming for around around um, you know eighty grams of carbohydrate per hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's um yeah, I've I've put a little bit of a um, an an app together, or or just um, there's a it's it's called Neverbonk, and if you if you just go in the, even on the website, you can just you can have a look at um, these these basic recommendations. Wow, and, that, yeah, it's well, all there. We're, we're going to get you to talk through that in a minute, so we'll go back to that in a minute. But funnily enough, that's website of the week. Where, and, I, and I just bought the app for you, mate. So I'm feeding the family. <laughs> so I think the thing I, I'm curious about is you know okay, so we're, we're kind of establishing that um, electrolyte doesn't really stop cramps, um, and there's probably no need for electrolytes in endurance racing, which is great. What about the people who are experiencing cramp in a race? What's what's your advice? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That, that's one of them. Um, so, yeah, it's so easy to do, or so easy to say, but a lot, a lot harder to, to do. And and this took me a number of times to to get it right. So let's start. Um, so as fatigue's the cause of cramping, the the best thing you can do is is train hard and and train smart. 
and and especially focus on the bite. So if you're going to train, if you if you train, you're going to put all the defense systems in in place to reduce that fatigue. So that's the, you know smart and and hard training is is your absolute best defense. Make no mistake about that. So you know rides should be long and hard, um, uh, like they're going to be in the Ironman. Um, and uh, something that worked well for me was you know long intervals at at your Ironman bike race pace on on the flats and in the aero position for you know specifically for Taupo. Um, and then same for the run. Make sure you've got you know key prolonged threshold stuff in there. Uh, and then, as, as as you said, perform your Ironman a little bit lower in, in intensity than those prolonged hard, you know, training sessions that you're performing. Mm. Um, and if you're pri- privileged enough to, um, you know, to get some lab testing done, uh, that intensity that you're aiming for in your Ironman is is around your first lactate, um, uh, or sorry, your first ventilatory or lactate threshold. And um, if so, if you if you get that test, it's uh, it's handy to find out sort of where that power output and heart rate um, um, actually occur. Mm. So I'm actually actually heading downstairs uh, after this talk to um, to uh, to test a, an elite Ironman triathlete that um, yeah you know, for those exact exact measures. And in the race itself, uh, I'm you know have been foolish or keen, which is probably the better way of putting it. Um, and I am cramping. Is it, is it about stopping having a stretch and just reducing your intensity? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, you, you hit it. Those would be the two main points. So if you cramp during a race, um, stretch it for about 10 seconds, uh, and then, you know, you know, can attempt to continue on at a slower pace, including walking if, you know, if you have to, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah it's nothing, you know, unfortunately there's nothing more, um, that you can do than, than that, that, that I'd be aware of. Um, obviously we've got to deal with the, you know, the, the issue, the placebo issue, because you know, obviously, people are going to be listening to this, going, "Sure, this all sounds great," but I know in a race, yeah, I've done this and I've, it works. I've gone and had a big bowl of chicken stock, or I've chomped down a few, um, uh, some some sodium or whatever, and it and it's worked. So, what what's sort of going on there? Is that a is that a brain reaction, or because obviously you're saying the body itself, the system doesn't need the electrolytes, and there's no relationship there. But is there potentially a trigger in your brain that's that, that, that helps reduce the cramps? Yeah, awesome point. And again, that goes back to the fact that we haven't got a reliable test for cramp yet, so we don't entirely know. But if we did, you'd be able to do those types of experiments because you'd be able to feed people um, various things. And there's, a, there's a study out there showing that pickle juice actually um, alleviated the cramp, but it does so immediately. So it's not like the pickle juice is being absorbed anywhere. It's mostly, it's, it's, it's likely it, it is some sort of um, you know, as you suggest, going down from it's a message coming down from your brain into the spinal cord and tricking your, or maybe putting your your body back into the right rhythm, so mm-hmm. that it, uh, you know, the whole cooperation of those those neural networks work work better and stop stop mm-hmm. cramping the muscle. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah, and the other thing you mentioned, the the placebo is extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, hence the the value of a good coach and and uh, believing in your program, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if, um, if a placebo works, we, um, at high performance sport here, we, we recommend you use them. So yeah, whatever. So then, so then for people who have always used electrolyte, you're saying still use it or, <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? Like, cause it's, it's almost like it's a funny situation, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, most of our people in our sport have been trained towards this use electrolyte and kind of research has proven it's a bit of a waste of time and money. Um, but a lot of people will go, well, this has always worked for me. Why would I change? Hmm. 
Good one. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I think as a coach, um, if you've got an athlete and things are, you know, they've got a system that, that works for them and they believe in that, um, that, that, that works for them, then, then I wouldn't mess with that too much. I think, um, you know, a little bit of electrolyte isn't going, I don't believe it's going to, to, to hurt when you start really taking in, um, large amounts of, you know, electrolyte pills and those sorts of things. That's when we could run into some issues. I think that's what a few of those, or that's that, what that, uh, study by Noxus group might, might've been referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, and, and the whole diet stuff is very individual and, uh, and we have to trust a little bit of the athletes trial and error on these various things that they, that they may know a little bit about what's, what works best for them. So, but, but maybe it's also about weaning them off. Maybe on a B race or a C race, say, "Hey, let's try not doing it and see what happens," so they can oh. experience the other side. Yeah, that, that would be a that'd be a, a smart plan. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I guess another question for you around, you know, your your. Um, I, I presume did your time qualify you for Kona or not? In I did it. Yeah, I, I got a I got a roll down spot. Well, so, no. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't take it. Didn't but, take oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, should you have gone to Kona, you know, um, you would have won it. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd be taking that. You're cleaning up on the podium, no problems. Um, how would you alter? Obviously, you'd alter the amount of um, fluid you're ingesting. You know, drinking to thirst in Kona, you're going to get thirstier because it's hotter. For would sure. there be anything else you would do in Kona differently to what you would do in, say, Taupo? Or is this opening too big a can of worms that we should have a whole other interview about? Oh, ab- absolutely, yeah. It, it is a, a whole other other talk um, yeah. that you know, happy be happy to do. But basically, you know, you'd want to be doing some sort of um, training in the heat uh, yeah. prior to that. So, but, yeah, yeah heat, heat acclimation you know, a, a good, good number of sessions before that, either arriving, arriving early, arriving ahead of time to get those heat sessions in, um, using a facility like we have here at, um, at high performance sport, AUT university, um, to condition yourself before, before going over. Uh, and then the other important thing is the, is the drink temperature. That's, that's one of the, um, the other little, uh, tricks or advantages that we're, um, what we now know of is that if you uh, ingest a um, a cooler fluid, um, or possibly even you know crunching ice or an ice slushy, yeah. uh, you will um, you know there's there's some really cool research out there uh, that I've had the privilege of being a part of that, that's showing that that's a it's a real um, uh, real beneficial uh, helper during your hot races uh, because it is all a, it's it's more about brain temperature. Uh, that's down regulating a lot of that um, that performance than it is about about hydration. I think you know if you uh, we've we've got it covered. If you're drinking to thirst, that's that's really all you need. But if you can also the the, the extra advantage you can get is is little tricks to keep that brain temperature cool so that you're still able to uh, output power and speed during during your during your distance event. Let's save most of that heat. Regulation stuff for another day because I know that's a, an area of expertise, and I'm, I'm going to be very keen to talk to you about that. Um, so, just, just, just quickly on on that. So then, but the question, that, just to clarify for those who are listening, is that okay? When it comes to fluid, we are still in racing. We still are just focusing on when am I thirsty? Yeah, I, that yeah, absolutely. Um, the only other extra on that is that you know you've got to be aware. That your your needs are going to be a little bit higher when you're when you're going to a hot a hot climate. So I think that's just that's that's intuition. Um, so you will you know, it's it's important to both listen to your fluid needs and also to you know to have have good awareness of 
of almost how much you should be having in both cool and um, and warm conditions. I mean, you can go through an abs- uh, you know, a really really cold race, and you can hardly drink at all. But then you know you you rock up at Hawaii, and um, yeah. Yeah, you know you're really you know you, you definitely want to keep the well, fluids I, going in. I, I think the thing is just because because we've often had this cause to get need to get something that's electrolyte in our system. It's one of the reasons we drink so much, and so because you know we're saying well you don't really need the electrolyte even just in your, your Ironman Taupos. You know, people will go, well, do I still need to drink the same volume of fluid? But you're saying, no, thirst is still the gauge. Thirst is always the gauge. Yeah, that's okay. the that's the one that, um, yeah, it can't be wrong for sure. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really ask Jonathan this question, so I was keen to ask you about this because, you know, if, if we're drinking to thirst, that's all good and well, and I understand the relationship between that and performance, and it's fine to get de- dehydrated on the run, and it's not necessarily going to affect your um, performance. In fact, it, it can help it. Um, but I guess my question around, is around recovery, and if we're going into that state of dehydration, either in a hard training session or in a, in a training race, um, and then we're going to want to get back into training as quickly as we possibly can, is it a good idea to potentially have a little bit more than what you need to in that race or that training session, um, which is not going to help your performance, but will that help your recovery? Because I know, you know, say I come out of a hard training session and I've been a bit dehydrated or a race, you know, later on the day, you know, you get that bit of a headache coming on and you're feeling a bit lousy and your pee's not, you know, you're all bright yellow and you're clearly dehydrated. Can, what could, is it good to just have a bit more, be a bit more hydrated to help your recovery or does your hydration state not really influence how quickly you recover? Yeah, great question. Um, I think again with the you know if you're a novice to to the Ironman and the whole training cycle and whatnot, then you know maybe in, ensuring that you're you know that you do consume fluids during and uh, and after, um, and especially if you're going to back up the sessions later on in the day, that that would be of you know that would go towards helping your your subsequent performances. But those of us that do these these a lot, you, you definitely get you know. You're pretty. Your awareness is fairly high that you know you, you finish your 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 heavy training session, and you know you might not even feel that thirsty immediately after. You actually you know, you're more hungry, and mm-hmm. you raid your you raid your fridge, um, and then you or you might have a nap, and then you know, you wake up in in that nap, and um, you know you're you're thirsty as. So it's you know during those during that time, it's just good to have um, uh, fluids available. You know keep keep that water bottle around so that as soon as you feel that thirst, then you can. Um, you know, you can you can deal with it. Um, but yeah, I think just having as long as you have fluids present, present though, that thirst is always going to be, you know, telling you know, and, and you're listening to your thirst, then it's going to be giving you the messages that um, um, that you need to to keep things just at the right level. And you know, in terms of speeding recovery, it, it's not really about. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's not a big player. I think the the the, the protein and the carbs um, and the you know the essential fatty acids after are probably a little bit more more important players, and uh, and probably also you know maybe getting your temperature down as well. Mm-hmm. well I'm sure you've uh, you've created some more friends in the um, in the sports. Oh, the uh, marketing guys love you. Yeah, that's nice. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Power, power will be knocking on the door to sponsor you. Yeah, guys. I tell you, mate, you're gonna, you can big money now. I tell you. Hey, um, let's just do website of the week. So, John, I'm gonna do an intro here. Website of the week. 
And it's amazing. It's the first time we've ever had a website where we've had the person on. Exactly. You're taking it to the next level, Paul, I tell you. www.never-bonk.com. So. And so Paul, tell us about this because I, I haven't got an iPhone, so I looked at it and I thought this is all great, but um, Bevan does and he's down. And I haven't bought it, so um, I'm committed. So to tell us about Never Bonk and, um, and, and what it's all about. Sure. Well, it's, it's, it's really um, exactly what we've been talking about um, on the, on, on the show here today, it's, it's really just trying to make sure that the, the information an Ironman triathlete needs to race optimally is, is just in the palm of your hand. So it's all, all of these recommendations that I've been, been chatting about, um, in terms of making sure that your, uh, carbohydrate, uh, levels are, um, I guess, chosen correctly before, before the event. That's the main thing. That's, that's really the focus on it. Uh, the other recommendations are, as we've been chatting about, drink to thirst. Um, don't 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 stress about electrolytes, um, and you know consume a little bit of caffeine. But really, the 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 calculations in the app itself all revolve around the um, the carbohydrates and you know ensuring that you're you know reminding the um, the Ironman triathlete that you want to have you know your carbohydrates, your glucose to fructose in a two to one ratio. Uh, you want to be, you know, aiming somewhere between that sixty to, um, you know, sixty to ninety grams of carbohydrate per hour. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, try a little bit more towards the upper level on that, and um, and and yeah, I guess it just gives you the options to to throw a few um, a few products in there and and work out what you know what your plan for your for your Ironman event. Um, so I think you know. I think we've we've all been there. You know, when you're doing you know, your first Ironman you know, triathlon, you're you're really you're pedantic about figuring out what's um, you know your nu- your nutrition for the day. And I guess the Neverbonk app assists to to do that for the for the Ironman triathlete. So what I did is I went onto the app and I, I predicted that I could do an 8:44 marathon. Right. That's you know I'm sure that's where I'm at now, right now. Uh, 53 minute swim and then a 4:52 sw- um, bike and then a 2:59 run. I had to get that sub three in. I was pretty happy with that run. And uh, and so I've got 80 grams of carbohydrate for my swim. And then it's calculated I need about 438 carbohydrates for my bike. And then my run, I need about 269. So and then it shows your race details, where, you, where you're looking to get it. Um, I, I, when you set it up, it kind of lets you, you can choose how often you're going to have your carbohydrate. Um, so I've gone for every 15 minutes and, uh, yeah, and yeah, it kind of creates a plan for you. I guess from a, <laughs> one caveat with this from a coaching perspective is uh, this app is going to be a complete waste of time. If you go out and, and ride too fast, yeah, because obviously, um, Paul, you know, nutrition's is all good and well having a plan, but if you're operating at well, you can probably it's answers operating at too high intensity, this, this is where you, you come into some serious issues with uh, with being able to absorb stuff. Um, or not, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm actually not sure if that's uh, that's been proven. Um, no, I don't think that actually. You know, I, I'm not sure if um, exercise intensity impairs the actual ab- absorption of, uh, of of macronutrients. Of yeah, um, it might uh, impair some gastric emptying, but yeah. you know, you know, generally when you're you don't have too much in your gut anyways, yeah. uh, and you you're just running fluids and carbs through that. Um, I don't think it's a that's a big mm-hmm. a big player. Um, but yeah, you know, it could be a could be a minor one. Can I can I ask for with this calculation you got here? It doesn't seem to be based on body weight. Does that not really matter? You just want to get that like like certain calculations I've heard in the past is like a gram of carbohydrate per kg of body weight per hour of exercise. This doesn't seem to be the same way. Is is there a reason why? 
or am yeah, I wrong? Yeah. No, no, that's an awesome question, and, and it gets asked frequently. And the, the reason is is that uh, although there's different body sizes that are out there, it doesn't really make too much of a difference when you're actually just talking about the gut as a whole. We've all got really quite similar size guts, so you don't. And that's really where the, the whole absorption stuff goes on, and that's, um, the, and that's why we, all, we work on an absolute amount and not in a per, uh, gram per kilogram like you do with, with so many other things. It, it, in general, um, you know, everyone's gut is going to respond similar in terms of absorption absorption rates, so, and, and I guess that makes the um, you know the larger individuals possibly disadvantaged. Although they'll be storing more, um, you know, I guess o- overnight they'll have a little bit more storage on um, uh, ability. But in terms of the acute uh, acute effects, there's not um, not too much difference between a small person and a, and a large person. Um, I know that uh, speaking to Oscar Chrissy Wellington, you know, she can get up and around that 2.1 uh, grams per minute area. So you know, well over you know 180 grams of carbs an hour wow. uh, when she uses those two to one ratios of of glucose to fructose. Mm. Great. So if you want to get the app, guys, you can. Um, I'll put a link on it at www.irontalk.me. But it's never what's it? Middle hyphen hyphen. You, you did a search for it, didn't you? I just want to make yeah. sure I got the right uh, Never-bonk.com, and it just takes you to the App Store, and uh, it's got a bit of information on there. And uh, if you just want to go to the App Store, you can just do a search for Never-bonk, and uh, just a few dollars, and it'll set you up, and it's, uh, yeah, it really helps you kind of make those decisions around your nutrition. And, and Paul, in terms of people, if they want to um, find out a bit more if they're in the rough in the New Zealand area or in the North Island, you guys are based in Auckland. Tell us a little bit about your um, the, the sports science testing you've got at AUT there. Yeah, well, the, um, the AUT uh, University Millennium Institute of Sport has a brand new a brand new laboratory, and um, it's uh, you know it's got heat chambers, um, all your metabolic carts, uh, running treadmills, cycle ergometers, and hey, they can test for just about. Just about anything. We use it with all of our um, our high performance athletes. Uh, you know, a bunch of testing is going to occur, you know, right right following this interview. And um, yeah, there's a, there's a whole commercial wing there as well. Um, and you know, you just go on go on the web and, and search for the AUT Sprints uh, Sports Performance Research New Zealand um, information. And um, you can yeah, if you're if you're an athlete in this area, you can you can get booked in there and, and get yourself tested for. Some of these things we were chatting about today. Yeah, that's looks really great. I tell you what, that bloody, I, I saw a little YouTube clip there, and you've got a um, a, a treadmill that the guys can bike on. That looked pretty full on. It is, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, the Cosmos treadmill goes up to sixty-five kilometers an hour. You can run up, run up a hill. We can we can design some really cool, cool, uh, cool tests on that um, in terms of you know time to exhaustion up a hill. Um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty outstanding. Nice. Awesome, Paul. Um, well, I think we've opened up uh, a few more questions. Well, no, I think you've been great, mate. It's really good yeah. advice. And, and the nice thing is, is it, if anything, it simplifies it for us athletes. You know, like if in the past, there's always formulas you're trying to work out. And, and, you know, it's great to see that research actually makes it easier and, and simpler for us to make decisions. And, and maybe we need to learn, you know, well, where is thirst and all the rest of it. But, you know, it, it, for me, it clarifies it much better. So mm. thanks, Paul. It's great. Mm. Oh, great. It's fun talking, guys. That's no worries at all. Awesome. No, no, hopefully we'll get you back on as I get a bit more... Uh, yeah, he wants to know about heat now. He's going to win Hawaii. Kind of specifics. And I may well be pay, paying a visit up to Auckland to, uh, to get myself sorted. So awesome, Paul. Thanks for your time. And um, we'll hopefully get you back on the show at some stage in the future. Cool. We'll see you, guys. Your thoughts. 
outstanding. Yeah, really great, wasn't it? And, and I think you summed it up really well. It's, it's we're actually starting to make this whole process a little bit simpler. You know, I think we've got really we, we've had so many discussions around nutrition, and what have you. But in terms of race nutrition, I think with these last couple of interviews we, we've had with sports science guys, impartial, they're not getting, they're not trying to sell us anything. Although we have got the uh, Never Bonk uh, app there, but that's not going to make, but that's not going to make Paul a millionaire. I don't well, think I might, anytime yeah. soon. Um, but yeah, it's just it's making the whole process a little bit simpler. It it's really great. is, yeah, yeah. It's good, and I, and it is that whole trusting the process. And I think you know one of the things for us guys is that we've spent so much time in this electrolyte world, like I was saying in the interview. And you know, if you are, you know, I've got a formula that works, kind of guy, which makes sense, especially for the more experienced athlete. Is just try this stuff out on some of your BNC races and see mm. if there is a difference in performance, and because there is something to placebo. Oh, you, big time. You know, and so sometimes we don't want to mess with a formula we know works. But at the same time, if you can try it on some races that, you know, kind of don't matter so much, then you figure out that actually, you know, it works just as well. Because mm. you're saving yourself a massive amount of money. Oh, yeah. You know, because yeah. electrolytes and stuff isn't cheap. Yeah, so it's, you know, um, we, can, we might do a follow-up interview with Paul further down the track, but as far as he's, you know, what, what he's been saying is, you know, you need your carbohydrate in there and... Uh, and focus on that. Or even that formula, you know. The yeah, two to one formula. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, a lot of people don't think about that even. So, um, great stuff. So, if you want to, I'll put a link to uh, his app, because oh, we did Website of the Week within it, didn't we? So, um, it's never-bonk.com, but I also, when we were doing the interview, John was doing a search for hyphen. I was just, I, we always get it wrong. I just wanted to make sure when you're doing somebody's website, you get, you get it right, it is hyphen. But the thing was, I, I didn't know what you were doing. I was, <laughs> I was searching for a hyphen. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure. So that was very good. Oh, was and, and you may have, we actually had to start the interview twice, didn't we, John? Yeah, there was a spider I saved the day. Yeah. yeah. We get some big spiders in my house, man. Yeah. The spider was no lie, it's about that big. Yeah. Man, I'm not sure why. Yeah. Like scary spiders. So, but I saved the day, didn't you I, John? You did, you did. Okay, John, tell us about your race. Well, I'll tell you what saved my day at the weekend was extreme endurance. And uh, and as I said earlier in the show, um, I do legitimately believe that it had a. Um, a, a reasonable impact on, on my race and also my recovery. Again, um, before we did a 10K a few weeks ago, before that, I was very slack. You know, I took some extreme endurance in the few days before the race just thinking I don't want to get any muscle soreness after and it didn't quite kick in in, in time and, and I had a crappy race. And uh, But this weekend, you know, as I said, bounce back. I was I was very lazy with my warm down. Uh, you know, I normally, you should go out and do a spin, should go out for a jog. It was a bit of a social weekend. We had other commitments that we kind of needed, needed to take care of. Um, and I was just being a bit lazy as well. Yeah, because you normally are religious with that stuff, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, so, so I didn't really do any warm down. And Phil and I got up next morning, went for a jog. Um, no, very little muscle soreness. Uh, so really worthwhile giving it a crack and especially because you hammered it you know like it's one thing to go for a run you know but when you're mm-hmm. kind of going to that next level in a race situation where you kind of hammer the bike and run and and, and so often talk, I talk about muscle soreness which is you can measure that in terms of well how yeah on a scale of 1 to 10 how sore are my muscles after the race and uh, and that's pretty easy to go well you know that's what I changed yep that's got a fair chance that it may, may have impacted that sure I've done a little bit more training since the last 10k but it was only a few weeks ago so it's not that big a variable in terms of the training front one thing that is much harder to measure is, is obviously what they call to term the sort of lactic acid buffering and you know how much of an impact did that have on my run because I was I mean I was giving it to myself on the run yep. and uh, and you know my, my breathing was what was starting to hold me back rather than my legs yep. so um, get on it guys extreme endurance use the promo code IMTALK5 and you get 5 bucks off and, uh, and you're away laughing 
rock and roll guys so that's xendurance.com go there check it out and you too can have amazing performances like John Newsom like the coach that's right the coach questions answers what happened there I don't know normally I start I you think. did yes yeah, yeah. And, and you come on and chime in yeah that's okay John your mate my mate yeah oh work oh, yeah. did I get this email uh, I don't know I don't think I did okay well, good you, luck for your race this week how did it go John yeah, great. Nailed it. It's good to see you're following along with your training sessions. Here's a quick question. I calculate my CSS using Swim Smooth's calculator on January the 29th. I was 141 for 100 metres based on 400 metres, 6 minutes, 24, 34 seconds, sorry, 200 of uh, 313. Took my CSS today and it was a four, I mean a 143 based on 629 and 203. 303. Question, oh, 303, sorry. Question one. Why would the CS go up as both my times have gone down? I guess it's because my 200 time has gone relatively quicker than my 400. So what's first, answer the first question. Uh, I'm going to answer them both together. But Okay, question number two then yeah. is, why is CS such a good measure if it is a demotivating effect? So cut to chase here. He's done a 400 and 200 time trial, and then he's repeated it uh, at, a, at a later date. Both his 200 and his 400 have got quicker... But a CSS is Again, what's the CSS for? It's the critical swim swim speed, which when we had Paul Newsom on when I did the interview over, I think it might have been over Christmas, um, as sort of an indicator of around about what you can probably do for your 1500. But this takes in your your 200 and your 400. So what's actually happened here is both his 200 and 400 have got quicker, but the gap between them has... uh, it hasn't gone proportionally. Yeah, no. So, so like right. last time there was a gap of around about nineteen seconds. This time there's a gap of around about twenty six seconds. Uh, 30, 33... No, no. Twenty nine take away three is twenty six. Okay. Anyway, yeah. um, and I and I was because I didn't come up with the formula or anything like that. I was like, oh, I can sort of explain it, but. So I'm going to the expert to get the... Get you went to Paul Newsom? went to Paul Newsom. Because he's your brother, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he yep. is. He just, yep. he just decided to add... He said, Mum, can I talk to Paul? Yeah, just decided to add an E on the end just because I wanted That's to... That's right. Cool. <laughs> uh, so thanks for the email. Um, okay, here we go. This is a, and, and I'm going to read this out because uh, he explains it, it quite well. First thing I'd say is CSS is a little like FTP on the bike. Um, the truest way to identify it is with a 1500 metre swim time trial just like a one hour TT obviously uh, Coggan and Allen released the 20 minute test where you do 95% of average power for 20 minutes um, as a more likely way for people to test more regularly Uh, this is also the case with the 400 and 200 tests given that they are shorter and less mentally taxing than a 1500 metre swim 1500 metre time trial is quite it's it's giving it if if you've got a group of you there together it's, it's okay, but to do a 1500 by yourself is quite hard. But then you can't really do a group 1500 metres swim to get your CSS, can you? Because you're drafting. Well, yeah, no, you've got to do it. Yeah, yeah two, two to a lane or something yeah. like that. However, what, um, what the 400 and 200 metre test does shows us a window into what the athlete's physiological makeup is like and also the, an idea of the effectiveness of the most recent bout of training. To answer the question one is yes, as he's touched on, CSS is essentially a gradient created by a straight line plot of speed versus distance. The further you swim, the lower the speed you can maintain. Um, This has to be the case as the world's best sprinters would also be the world's best distance swimmers. What CSS 
looks at is a drop in, off in speed between the two distances, between your 200 and 400. If the 200 metre time has got proportionately faster since the last test, even if the 400 metre time has increased a little bit, this may still show a slowing of the CSS due to the increased gradient between the two plots. The question most often raises its head when coaches test two athletes who are similarly matched over 400, but one is significantly faster than the other over 200 metres. A faster swimmer, swimmer in the 200 metre ends up having the slower CSS time because over 1500 metres the calculation predicts that his rate of drop off will be greater and thus slower over long distances. Mm. I think that sums up pretty well. Yeah. Some people are better at the short sharp stuff, yep. others are better at the long stuff and I think this would apply really well to me as well. Um, so there's a couple of possible scenarios which may have led to this result. The first 400 metre test was completed with relatively poor pacing, i.e. the first 400 too fast, as is very first often. 100. First 100. First 100 yeah. is, is too fast, as is often the case. I would almost go saying that is always, always the case. case. Yeah, we started, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, this resulted in the 400 metre time being slower than it should be um, equally, that the 200 was slower than it should have been due to excessive fatigue from the 400 metres. Okay, so you've done that and then you're tired from yeah. having enough rest. Typically five to eight minutes rest would be recommended between the two time trials. This effectively overestimated CSS pace on the first test. Pacing was maybe better than um, in test two on the 400 metre and subsequently the 200 metre was faster as well. Mm. The second test may well be more of an accurate gauge of where he is really for his 1500 metre. Um, this the type of uh, question two. The type of training really affects the 200 meter in particular. Lots of short, sharp efforts, well in excess of CSS, with lots of rest between each between the two tests, may have brought his shorter distance speed on, but not helped develop his 400 meter time as much. Mm -hmm. There are some very simple suggested CSS type sets at swimsmooth.com/training, which will help guide as well as loads more in our book. Again, wink, wink. Yeah, yep, fair enough. Ultimately, it shouldn't be a demotivating thing. If anything, it gives us clue as to what type of training is working to um, to bring his 15 meter times down, 1500 meter times down, and for a coach to see which athletes are more naturally sprint based and which are better suited towards endurance events. And as such, allows you to better tailor the training protocol to achieve optimal <coughs> performance at a goal distance. Hope so, that helps. So, based on this, we're kind of saying that maybe Warwick has kind of gone a little bit too hard. Um, in between sets um, and done a lot of shorter work and not the longer work potentially yeah so hopefully you get something from that work. I think um, you know use your CSS test as, as a guideline but I think as Paul said um, you know I, I, I do for me personally I go and do a 1k time trial and that gives me a, a fairly good indicator in terms of what I could do for 1500 meter and I find a 1k is a bit more manageable than than going and doing 1500 meter and uh, and I think if you do that you should be able to predict what your 1500 meter is and and you have a couple of different tests that you do to assess whether you're improving but I don't think you should be getting demotivated Warwick looking at your CSS when you're, you're swimming on both your 400 and your 200 is getting faster, that's got to be a positive Yeah, there's thing. gains, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And CSS is, is, a, is a formula. Mm. So nice you're doing good, mate. We're good, proud good, of you. Good work. We're proud of you. Okay, John, Theo, how do you say this one? Googly? Yeah, kind of, I thought that, eh? Yeah. Does that, what, Theo's from, from America, so I wonder yeah. if he knows what a googly is. Yeah. Do you know what a googly is? It's a type of cricket ball you bowl in a cricket game. Now, isn't a googly the one that goes straight? Oh, no, I couldn't answer that one. Ah, oh, so a spinner, for those who don't know much about cricket, a spinner is the guy who bowls the ball a lot slower, but they get the ball to move a lot. So a fastball just comes at you fast, and you might get a swing ball where it kind of moves a little bit in the air. But a spinner, they try to get the ball to 
to move in a different direction or, or in different directions as it hits the ground. And I think the goalie was the one that Shane Warne was really great at, which it looks like it's going to spin and move, but then it goes on straight. Right. I'm not that, that great at cricket. That would be the wrong one, wouldn't it? There's the wrong one. Oh, see. The, uh, is it, but it's the wrong one, the one that bounces the wrong, the wrong way. way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not too good with cricket There's terms. a flipper as well. The flipper, what's the flipper? No. You flip it to them. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe someone will give us an update on the, the cricket do, terms. There's a deucer as well. The deucer, I've never heard of the deucer. Yeah, I, I, can't, I don't know what it is, I just hear all the terms. Did you ever play cricket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, were you a bowler or better? Bowler? I can't bat for crap, for save myself. Oh. And I coordination, not a strong point. I was Waka unit. We were, we, me and my mate were Waka Unis and Wazi Macron. We used to come tearing in in the summer <laughs> under, under 12s and just terrorise the, 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 the bats. Were you any good? Uh, I was okay at bowling. Yeah, I couldn't bat. So you're a fast bowler? Yeah. yeah. How, what kind of run-up did you have? Oh, pretty long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was an endurance test. Psyched them out. <laughs> the long run-up. Yeah. I remember mate, we used to play backyard cricket, and we were around at the school, we'd play cricket. <laughs> Do the long run-up for like backyard cricket. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, good old Theo Googly. He, um, he, last week we were asking about All-American. Yeah. And I well, what's all that about, John? Yeah. And he's come and he's delivered the answer. He's got F-A-F-Y-I. Um, Regarding what being an All-American means, being it basically means being in the top eight for your event at the track and field college championship event. So you're basically making the final in a college championship. Yeah. So you know, so and college sports in America is pretty awesome. So mm. to get all American, you've got to be a pretty classy athlete. Mm. And so and he says it also applies for swimming. So he must be talking about running there. So yep. thanks for that, Theo. You rock. Nice, John. A couple other comments from the weekend. Um, mountain snail. Yeah, so he raced. Family took out uh, the the teams division. Oh, they took out the teams division. The race I did as well. Did they? Did the sun run? He did one part of the race. I'm not sure what she did, but they, oh. they took it out. Nice. Were there many families? It wasn't family team. It was. A, it was. They took out teams. Yeah, it might have been mixed teams. I'm not sure, but they, they took out a team classification. <sighs> Neil Stafford took a great picture of me on the run. Of you? Yeah. Is yeah. it where is it? Uh, it's on Facebook. Oh, on um, your Facebook? Tagged with me on Facebook. Okay, well, I'm gonna look. Great one. Got the ugly face. Oh really? Where's the person? Oh, he's got the gills. Yeah, keep scrolling down. I've, I've been getting quite active on the Facebook in the last few days. Yeah, you're loving it, aren't you? Yeah, uh, because it's all feeding into my Twitter now. I'm trying to get my Twitter. Oh, is it coming around the corner? Yeah. Oh, that's a great photo, John. Yeah. Geez, you do look good in that tri suit. Yeah. She's you're looking fit, mate. Well, look at those that, biceps bulging. Yeah, but that's not what. Uh, <sighs> Let me just get on the same. Frank page. McVie? Yeah. You put on some weight. You put on some weight. You've some Jeez, good. It was love. <laughs> Did you see my reply there, Bevan? Or is he going to use some reply? <laughs> Neil Stafford, thanks for heaps for my pics. And my wife managed to get lots of photos of Phil Fred Patterson and grand total of one from me behind the run. She did, seriously. She didn't get one front photo on the run. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> about 20 of Phil. 20 of Phil, one of you. Yeah. Franklin with V. I can get the results. Wait a second. What do you say? If you can get the results today and I'm looking a bit porky, you can take this. So you're basically saying, yeah, screw you. Happy I did well. Frank with a. Yeah. Jeez. Sharpen up, Frank. Sharpen up. Look at you. You're looking sharp, mate. Yeah. Got the good face. You've got the, the ship behind you. Yeah. Is that like a Navy ship? Oh, there's some flipping gigantic gin palaces up in that, that harbour. It's disgusting. Who's behind you? No idea, Phil. He's smoking. Phil? Them. What am I calling you Phil for? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening in this relationship? How many years have I been working with you? Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Any other stories from the race? Uh, no. Okay. That's about it. Okay, sponsor. Where are we up to, Bevan? Athlinks. Athlinks.com. Athlinks.com. I'm totally unprepared, Bevan. Are you? Well, did you put your race result up? 
That's one you want on ethics, isn't it? That is. I should. That is one you want up there. I I don't think they'll have it up there yet. Talk about the process. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go on here and I'm going to add add a race. Oh, I should actually search for the race first. Okay, do that. Search, not there. Um, Add a race. You can quickly just go on there and you basically put a link to the result page of the webs of the event, and then you can put your provisional result in there. Oh, really? So I can go. I can go in there and put in Barfoot and Thompson. I've got to give Barfoot and Thompson lots of love. They sponsor lots of sport yeah. up there. Um, put in the event details when it was. Link to the website uh, uh, result page, and then I can say yes, I completed in this event, and I this was my time, and I'll put that up provisionally. And then once I've uploaded all the results, boom, it'll be in there. Good time. I have another rival uh, performance there with the Philinator, and hopefully a few other people that did the race. What's the handicap between you and Phil? Well. He raced probably about relative level that I thought I would race. You know, his run time was a bit, about a minute slower than what he did, I think, in the, when we did the 10K race, and he probably rode about... So you had the better day? Oh, yeah, by a long way. By a long way. Yeah. Um, so he, he got 20th, didn't he? Yeah, he raced about the level that I thought I would race. Okay. And so I would have expected to be probably a minute, easily a minute slower on the run, easily a minute, two minutes slower on the bike. So I would expect it to be potentially three or four minutes back. Yep. Um, what was your question again? Well, what's the handicap between you two? Uh, he loses a lot in the swim. Yeah. A lot. Uh, I think I think he lost about four minutes. Bike, he should only be losing maybe one minute. Yep. And he lost four, but that, well, I had a bit of advantage yep. there. And the run, he should be losing about a minute and a half. So altogether about six and a half minutes. Mm. And you beat him by what? More than that. Nice. So you, you take the victory. I take. The so you put that one on athletics, don't you? Yeah. And that's the key, team. You want to look good on athletics. Exactly. You know, you don't always have to put those races you don't do that well in. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're no, you do. Reality. You do. You, you do, do have to yeah. accept that. No, because it makes the good ones look better, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Yeah. So, athletics.com. Check it out. Get all your results up there. If you've just done a race at the weekend, 5K, 10K, whatever it was. You do it. You know what you do? Is, okay. Uh, no, maybe you can't do that. Can you, provisional, you can, can't you? Yeah, but you can, you can load the event as, as coming up as well. So I should have oh, actually got really? on my butt last week and said, boom, here's the race and I am attending this race and then other people can also... And then athletes go find the result and they link it together. Yeah, and then they can wow. just chime in there and, and say, yeah, I'm doing that race as well. And then we can... That's what we do when we talk about you know, the races that are coming up. Um, we can say... Could've, yeah, of course, who's the athletes? Yeah. Yeah. And you could have been in there and you could have gone, I'm probably getting the top three and the overall, not just my age group. And you would have been right. You would have been. Yeah, well, yeah. Exactly. What are you looking at? I'm just cruising. Okay. Um, so, athlinks.com, guys. Sponsors? Athlinks.com. Yes, just do it. Extreme Endurance. John did it. Uh, SLS Try. Um, the Try Clip did it. Yeah, and Coffees of Way. Lots of people were doing it. That's right. Do you want to say Training Picks now as well? I'm, not, I'm still confused. No, in trainingpeaks.com. It's all, all my data is logged on Training Peaks uh, website and you can get all the links off coachjohnnewsome.project2014.com. Learn your website, mate. Learn your website. I've got too many. Just on Facebook, yeah. I've got a couple of things on Facebook that people brought up this week and uh, people were interested about your race, which they can now hear about. Joanna Bass has got the coffee. But Mark Thatcher, he, he, did you go watch that? Oh, uh, on Facebook, he went on our wall and he posted, given oh. back and forth debate around the paleo versus China study, etc. Yeah. this is worth viewing. So basically what it is, it's a TED talk where, um, I can't remember her name, someone, Christine or something like that, talks about the paleo diet and talks about how prehistoric people really ate. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a really, really interesting discussion and really kind of debunks a lot of the 
theories on on paleo. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, interesting. Um, <laughs> You're like that because then that goes off your China study. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, I posted something on Facebook uh, last week that was. Uh, did you watch that outstanding? That was awesome, actually. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, go, go onto our Facebook page. There's a there's a, a, a news article from Three News, um, which is uh, one of our main news stations in New Zealand. It's about a, a boy helping another boy with. They were, they were inspired by the Hoyts, basically. They saw the Hoyts video. Yeah, was it, uh, does he get cerebral palsy? Well, no, but the kid was a real character, wasn't oh, he? It was, it's a, just classic. And then we had a few comments on there, and I think the gold one was um, Phil Wilson saying, stupid, dusty room making my eyes all water. <laughs> and Belinda actually found this and um, said, you got to watch this. Really, I mean, I'm not... It, Sob stories, you know, we, we get a lot of them in the... Um, John Struggles they're, they're with the great. I, 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 They're great. Um, I just think sometimes there's a few too many of them. This one was outstanding. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So go to our Facebook really, page really check cool. it out. So yeah, go to... Or I'll probably have a link to it. Um, the, the Facebook page is on our website. But it's pretty cool. And mm. the, the cool thing was the kid that was disabled, or, or I'm not quite sure what was wrong with him, but... Um, he was just a real character, wasn't oh, he? he was brilliant. He was, he was, yeah, it was, it was really watch great. It. So Must it was have. quite an entertaining piece. And the, the other one that... Um, I actually Tom Van that, that doesn't show up or anything Tom Van Possum Possum Ross, Rossum if you, if you watch some of there's Ultra Runner versus Iron Man search Ultra Runner versus Iron Man is it two pretty funny? On, is it one of those YouTube. kind of computer ones yeah it's classic but there's another one that, that's on, on there called I Am an Iron Man or something yeah. these computer generated clips and we showed Phil and Jenna and they were in hysterics at the weekend it's just so truthful isn't yeah. it it's yeah. sad but true that's what's so funny about it isn't it guys just um, just before we kind of do the wrap up um, remember if you want to get the show emailed to you you can just go to www.imtalk.me in the middle column there the mm-hmm. smaller column just put your details in there and each week once I've published a show I send you an email with the mp3 file so then you can put it on your device or you can just listen to it on your computer and if you want to email us you can email us at www no at imtalkpodcast nice. at gmail.com John have we got any finishes I forgot to say the other thing uh, with Training Peaks. Remember to use the code I am Talk. You get a nice discount off well, the Training Peaks. Well, you know Peaks what? Account. Just go to our pro page mm-hmm. and then go from there. Is it the idea, or do you, you use you the can code? You can either go through IamTalk.me and click on there. Um, but if you're if you're signing up and you want to go for their premium version of Training Peaks, use the code I am Talk, and it gives you fifteen percent discount on the premium. Rock and roll, get the bargain team. And the more longer I've been on Training Peaks, the more value I see in the premium side of things, especially if you got power. Yep, good times rock and roll. Okay, um, John, are yes. we doing finishes? No. John? Yes. How's the party weekend? Party weekend was great. Who cares about the race? So you, yeah, yeah. you finish the race? Yeah. What happens? Uh, well, that, this is a great thing. About It was a seven o'clock start. Well, we started at ten past seven. So we're finished by a little bit after nine. Go get the gear. Back at the hotel. Breakfast? And then we go up. It's by, Did you share a room? Right by Did you share a hotel room? Yep, two-bedroom apartment. Gold location. Where were you? Waldorf uh, Stadium Apartments, but just pretty close to Victor. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. It's but by Les Mills, almost. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It was gold. Yep. We're just close to everything. Awesome. Yep. Um, so by 10.30, we were sitting outside a French cafe having uh, having a big fry-up breakfast. Good. It was outstanding. And so, and so wait, but you didn't come back till Monday, did you? No. Because Sunday night was the big night, wasn't it? Kicked on after that. And, so, uh, so you get a few wines in you? Went out to dinner, Hanoi Cafe or something like was that. Was that good? It was good. Just sort of shared food. It was all good. Oh, um, I don't do shared food, John. Mm. Do you struggle with shared food? No, okay with it. The great thing is, there's always there was nine of us, and a lot of the plates had ten things. There was always one thing left over at the end. Who gets two? (laughs) Phil and I. (laughs) We're punching it, punching up for it. Because that's the problem, John. Because Jeff, my mate Jeff the ref, and I, Mm. we'll go out for dinner with all the friends and the missus and that. And the girls always go, "Why don't we just buy a bit of everything?" And Mm. we all share. Mm. And when we go, we want volume. 
yeah. and I want to know what I'm getting. And Jeff and I are always the ones who create the uncomfortable situation. We go, oh, can we just get our own thing? Mm-hmm. And then we eat our own thing, and then we want to pick everyone else's thing anyway. I make it work. Do you? People think I'm a pig, but I make it work. Yeah. Mm. So it's a dilemma. Okay, so then your dinner? And then we just went and had a, a drink somewhere, and um, yeah, it was a good time. Go out dancing? No, dancing on a Sunday night, no. Uh, you can no. go to a casino? No, too far to walk. But no, it was good times though. It was nice social times, no kiddies. What time did you come home Monday? Middle of the day. Oh, so you got sleeping as well. Entered Ironman New Zealand last night. Pack it up. Brum, brum, brum. It's all on. Really? Booked, even booked the flights last night too. Well, so you're in. Yeah, I'm in. Flights booked. Staying with uh, Endurance Sport Travel um, when I go there. So if you want to catch up, come and crew up with the Endurance Sport Travel guys. Yeah, that'd be good. So Belinda's all booked in as well. Flights oh, really? Both of yours. Phil and has been authorised to enter as well. Jen's given him the Wow, he's had the, good, the pass. Yeah, he's got the pass. It's going to be good times. Wow. So if you want to come and do Ironman New Zealand, it's going to be good I'll times. probably be a sellout 30th, 30th next week because everyone heard you're doing it. I know. Is it 30th? 30th anniversary. Wow. Yeah. So How many so times have you done in New Zealand? So we're third. Okay. And so they've got, they've got a lottery slot thing for Kona at, at Taupo. I don't know how many slots there are, but you get a ticket for each time you've done Taupo. Oh, really? So I don't know how many slots. It might be five. It might be ten. I should actually find out. Um, and that's a cool way of doing it. It's a, it's a lottery thing. So it's a bit like the legacy thing for yeah. WTC worldwide, but they've got extra slots. So if you've done I'm in New Zealand 25 times, you've got a pretty a good reasonable chance. chance. And I guess you've got to be there to get to get it. So there'll be lots of people who have done, you know, you've done it a couple of times. Um, I think I've done it four times. But I guess you only get entered a few if you race year, yeah. so I should if, you, if you've done it lots of times reasonable odds I'll come back yeah game on yeah. <laughs> it was funny Joe yesterday I was talking to her about your race and I said John had a blonde and she goes you should come out of retirement and race it next year babe I go babe he'd smoke me again she goes don't worry I'd see him touch him <laughs> <laughs> and we'll probably end up splitting up because you didn't know me when I was yeah, no. <laughs> she, well, she saw me my, our first three months together was when I was training for road. Yeah. So she, I'm glad you were half ass training at that stage. Oh no no no! Road, that was the most I ever trained. Yeah. That was my best training period afterwards. Afterwards, after that, yeah, uh, I totally stopped. But that was yeah. No, that was when I was very focused. But we weren't living together. Right. You know, and so and it was when I wasn't working that much either. So I, you know, I still had plenty of time. And you're in that moment with the relationship where you know you're kind of really really keen. Yeah. So and so any other goss? What about the poo in the bed? Oh yeah, we had a bit of an incident last night. Tom pooed so that's why I've been swimming this morning to cleanse my whole body and system. So I'm going to be swimming before the podcast each week now. Is that why you were a little bit later? Yep. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we had an incident with Thomas last night. It was just yeah, we come. He'd been staying with the grandparents for two nights. Come back, they're a little unsettled, and uh, he's in bed. And I was just finishing up some work, and it was about quarter to nine. I just heard him crying in his bed, and I just thought, oh, normally I'll just leave him. He'll sort himself out. I thought, oh, I better go down and see him. I feel sorry for the little fellows. You know, he's got. Bloody skin issues for Africa. Yeah. And um and I got down to his room and he's sitting up and his pants are half down and there's just shit <laughs> everywhere. That poor thing. He had diarrhea and oh my God. Uh. So team effort. You know, I actually had to get the plastic gloves on and I had to clean out the pajamas. Why well, just put them straight in the wash? They were Really? Honestly, uh, full I don't want sloppy shit. <laughs> and that was a yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> Wasn't a pleasant end to the evening. Put a bit of a dampener on things. <laughs> well, it's the morning. What um, time was it? It was last night. Oh, last night. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who, who sent it through, whether it was Sean or it was um, Tim Hemming, but somebody said that the Auckland race was on BBC Two Live. 
Oh, really? Mm. So it was good. Oh, was it even New Zealand Live? Yeah, it was. No. On Channel One. Was it on Sunday on Channel One? No, it was on Saturday afternoon, Channel One, live from like 12 o'clock till 5 o'clock, five hours of live triathlon on our main TV station. Oh, really? You missed that one, didn't you, buddy? Wow, I was busy. Yeah. I was busy. <laughs> what else happening in your world, Bevan? John, I need to be doing stuff in my life because I haven't got, each week I go, I haven't been doing much. Um, John, what's been happening in my world? We had the coach's training day. Mm-hmm. Paul knows here, you know, Triple Dave. Is Porno one of your coaches now? Yeah, he's a coach. He's yeah. moving up in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Coach Porno. Yeah, because what was your challenge? You did a stupid challenge where you, you, you always rig it so you win? No, John, I never rig it. Just oh, you seem to win I'm every sharp. time. You seem to win. John, in life, I think I'm... No, I can't say that. We had a, we had a games night the other night. Yeah. We didn't, have a, we didn't have a challenge this time. We played a game called Arsehole. Have you played that? Yep. Card game. Yep. Very good. I haven't played it for a long time, so I wouldn't have a code, but I played it at school. It's very fun. Mm. And uh, I, I didn't lose one game. Mm. And again, again, I didn't cheat. I just was on fire. That's good. What else has been happening, John? Um, off to Auckland this weekend. Nice. I'm looking forward to going to Auckland. Do you know why? Because oh. John and I have been working a lot too, way too much lately and it's kind of quieting down now, which is good. But I haven't been to the movies in a long time. And last Friday night I came home. Oh, no, because the thing is I work at home all day, so mm-hmm. sometimes I just want to get out. Mm-hmm. Not really get out, but, you know, I'm quite keen to go to movies or something. And Joe's at work all day, so she wants to be home. And so Friday night, Friday afternoon, I thought, yeah, we'll go to the movies. And there's this new movie called Trance. By um, Danny Boyle, mm-hmm. who did Some Dog Millennia. Seen that? I have seen that. Did you it's like one that? Of the few movies I have seen. Yep. Did you like it? Yep, it's good. Yep, yep. Did you see 127 hours? No. The guy who chopped his arm off? No. No. Anyway, Danny Boyle did it, so I thought, well, I wouldn't want to go and see Trance. So I got, Joe comes home, I'm playing my piano because I kind of do that in the afternoon, and she comes home and I go, hey, babe, why don't we go to movies tonight? You know, just throwing it out there, hopeful. Mm-hmm. She goes, no, I can't bother. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Do you know what, John? What? John pulled out the old, Joe pulled out the old, um, here's my story for this week. Here we go. Are you going to get the flu jab? Belinda got it the other day. No. Yeah, why not? I don't get sick. Yeah. That's my philosophy too, John. And does Belinda think you should get it? She suggested I did. And I said, when was the last time I got sick? Exactly, John. I'm I like, get sniffles and things like that. Yeah. You know, I don't like injecting things when it's not. Yeah, exactly. And so and so you don't you don't need it, do you, John? No. You're gonna be fine. And the, the, apparently there's a I oh know there's gonna be a crazy stream of oh, flu Bruce, this year. Bufu's gonna get us again. Yeah, every year. It's, it's a lie that's marketing to make money exactly. off us. So John flu comes along and Joe's going, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the jab. Yeah. And I'm oh, okay, cool, baby, you can do that thinking to myself, I never get sick, I don't need the flu jab. So she goes to me, Can you get it done? And I said, oh, babe, I don't need to get it done. <laughs> I can't be bothered. And she pulled out the old, if you love me, you'll do it. So guess what I'm doing on Wednesday, John? Yeah, goober. <laughs> goober, goober, goober. She's kind of reneged on it now. She's kind of saying, you don't have to if you don't want to. Just come along and talk to the doctor about it. What if impact does that have on her if you get the flu jab or not? Well, what if I die because I get the flu? <laughs> what are the chances? Famous last what if you words. die from the infected needle or the crap <laughs> pumping into you? John. John. Um, it looks like I'm getting the flu jab. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say has Belinda ever pulled out If You Love Me? No, she hasn't. No. She knows. It's a good call by day because you're screwed once they pull that one out. If she pulled it out, would you do it? No, I would not get the flu jab if she told me to get the flu jab. No, but what if she goes straight up? Honey, this is really bad. No. And, and if you love me, you'd do it. No, I would say I love you, but I'm not doing it. Wow. So you're just being stubborn? No, I'm just <laughs> having an opinion on it and I just think it's not necessary. <laughs> Well, some doctors say, I speak well, to a doctor. doctors say lots of things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What is this? Professor's telling us we don't need sodium. I reckon science. Who science. needs science? Rubbish. <laughs> Think they know everything. 
So she just, you know what, John? Yeah. Joe's just coming from a place of caring. Good for her. And, and I love her for that. Good for her. And I'm very much in love with my partner. Good. She's a beautiful, wonderful woman. Nice. Yep. Just trying to sit here sorting out our next Legends of Triathlon podcast. Who is it with? Well, we just have to wait and see. I'm not going to put it out there yet. We did last week. Oh, no, 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 different one. Oh, really? The following one. Wow, you're that far ahead. Well, I'm not. I haven't even arranged the next one yet. You, you put the pressure on me last week and I wasn't quite ready and I've announced it now. now I've got Brad to, Bevan. Yeah, I've got to get it sorted. Hurry up, sort it out. Got to do it next week. People want it. Going to Kiteri the week after next. Got to get sorted. Next week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can do that. Iron Russ. Oh, do you want to finish? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've had enough. I'm hungry. It's not. It's 8.55. I haven't any breakfast yet. What were you here for breakfast? I posted actually on my Facebook page. Don't become that person. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw that. <laughs> John's, become, John's become the take a photo of your, of your food person. Nothing worse than when you go on Facebook and someone's put pictures of their food. It was race morning. No, I thought John, people would be interested. People don't care about seeing Coke and bloody power cookies. They, they were interested. No, they weren't. Christine McKinley had serious doubts about how my no. teeth were. She wanted to know if I'd brush my teeth. You were concerned about my hygiene, that my bottle wasn't looking quite new enough. Your bottle, your bottle was a scody. <laughs> you know the ironic thing there is? At the moment, I've got 500 fresh new bottles sitting in my garage. Your bottle, your bottle's at that point where you're actually drinking chemicals because it's broken down so much. I know. What, uh, why, funny. John? Why, how old's that bottle? First uh, of all, how do you not lose bottles? Sorry? How do you not lose bottles? How do you lose bottles? Oh, I lose them like, like crazy. No, no. no. Uh, they're good quality bottles. I like good quality bottles and I look after them. That's got to be at least three years old. You're correct. Yeah. That's first not, that's not first year, it was first year of House of Travel Triathlon Festival. Yeah. So about three. Don't do it. People, don't do it. Don't put... I don't want to see your photo of your food. I'm now motivated to keep doing this. Are you going to defriend me if I keep doing it? No, I'm going to get I'm going to friend you more. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to take, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to sabotage you like Joe said I should. Photos of your food. People Nothing worse. People do that. It's like it's like twittering you on the toilet. I put a uh, I put a picture of my blender on my on my. Oh, is it okay? I do want to see that one. Where, is it on Facebook? On my, no, that's on my coaching. Oh, on my coach, where, where is it, Coach John Newsom? Coach John Project Twenty Fourteen dot com. Coach, it John. might be a little way down now. Project Twenty Fourteen. Yeah. You need to get one of those Favricons. I told you. What are they? A little thing. You've got the Squarespace box. Oh, in we your haven't thing. told me how to do it. Oh, it's pretty easy. Wait a second. Where do I go? Do I go to your blog? It'll be at least yeah. Go daily blog. It'll be at least it'll be off the front page. You need to join. Okay. Join, um, I, need, the, I need a better system. You do need a better system. But I, I just, oh, good behind the photo here. So Yeah, look at that behind the photo. That's, that's what, a that's pretty what, good photo. That's what she got. Yeah, you look like you're floating. Yeah, I was. Okay, so you got, you got any other photos? Oh, you got a white photo here as oh, well. No, you got, that's, that's the other thing. I, this show's going on and on. <laughs> people, you're loving it, aren't you, people? Have, have you looked at my um, my YouTube post there of, of how to do a blue 70 wetsuit? Okay, I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah. It's a minute for what? Do we handle another minute? No. Yeah, we can. Here we go. Oh, you've even got the... You've watched it, mate. I was on fire. You, you need to learn how to use a video thing. Oh, I didn't have time. The sound. Yeah, got a mic. The sound. Pancho. Well, you you fast forward to the end. You see how well I zipped that bad boy out. Okay. And this was first attempt. We didn't edit any editing. Like here. really, I couldn't. Tell. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hear you. You're off in the distance. You look like you're doing a dance. <laughs> And then watch how easy that is. Okay, wait, here we go. The last bits. Okay, here we go. 10 seconds ago, guys. I can't even hear you. No. You got your wedding ring. Yeah. And three, two, one. Straight up. Wow. Easy. I, I, have you got 10 million views yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Five million followers. 
go. You need to invest in a mic. Okay, so um, where am I going for this photo? Page three. Page three. Okay, here we go. Page three of the John Newsom's Project 2014. Pulling up the blender. Where's the blender photo? Right down the bottom. Blender. You need to put photos of everything. Oh, that does look like a pretty mean blender. Yeah. What do you got here? You got spinach, spinach in a blender. Yeah. Pear, frozen banana and water. Yeah. Does it taste good? You see the finished result there? Chop that down. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Good times. <sighs> Amazing podcasting. Yeah. I'm going to get a new blender. You know how I need a new, new, new blender? Why? When I do my blender, John, you see sparks in the inside of it. <laughs> That's not so good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a good... I'm like, oh, this is going to die pretty soon. I'm going to get this being the company sponsoring me. Iron Russ. I mean, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Love your work, John. Go home and blend. Oh, well. <laughs>